that even another episode of the Loose Tone Podcast. If you have checked out the previous episodes and shared it amongst your friends and fam, thank you. Really appreciate that. So on this episode, our friend Andy talks a little bit about his backstory and how he spirituality like made help him cope with his inner conflicts. He told us how like all religions are connected within one and about meditation and a bunch of other fucking amazing spiritual spiritual shit. Like, it was a great fucking talk. This is really, really fun. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this and find a good light from it too. So yeah, nonetheless, enjoy the episode. It is December 2nd, 2020. This song podcast, what the fuck is good? I am exhausted, <laughs> but we're here. <laughs> As you know... Victor. Yes, sir. We're Fabio. back in it. Yes, sir. <laughs> and myself. Robin. Jesus Christ. Not really. No, not at all. But um, today is going to be a fun episode. We have a friend of ours that uh, wanted to come on and talk about religion. He has a backstory and he'll tell us a bunch of other things within religion it'll be very broad i don't know how deep we're gonna go but feel a little deep but his name is andy what's good yo yo how's it going so um, here for your people (laughs) (laughs) so yeah um just i guess I remember Fabio t- telling me like, you wanted to start out with your, your background and then go right right into right into it. Yeah, so basically I'm going to just start out how I got to where I am today and finding the uh, resources I did and how I learned a lot of like guidance from my pain, if you will, that brought me into where I am now. Well, um, so basically... I was really miserable for a long time. Actually, when I was in my last band, I started to realize about a couple months in that something didn't feel right about who I was and about who I am. And I had a huge identity crisis and I started getting very paranoid and it turned into a lot of hateful negative energy that very con- that constricted my well-being and who I am. And it started to progress in such a very unhealthy way to where I started to harm myself. Like I would bash my head on things. And at one point I had had multiple suicide attempts and I had gotten to an even lower point after a point where I got become homeless for about a month. And even after that, I still didn't really understand how to make myself learn the guidance from my pain that I was lacking the knowledge of. And throughout the summer, I was still negative and still unhealthy. And then at one point, I was probably at the lowest point in my entire life, I feel. And I sat down one day and I said, you know what? I'm fucking sick and tired of being hateful and angry 
and feeling disgusted with who I am and taking it out on my wife, taking it out on my family, taking it out on everybody around me who had met my path, unfortunately. So I sat down and I started meditating because I watched a video on it because I had heard maybe that could be a therapeutic way of helping yourself. And it oddly worked the first time. And then after that, I saw a video on like opening your third eye and I was really confused at like what this stuff was because I had always thought that that like woke stuff was a load of crap or whatever. And then like I started really looking into it and I thought it was really interesting. And then I read this book called The Synchronicity Key by a guy named David Wilcock, where it opened up the ideology of the universal consciousness being God. So basically like everything being connected and that this reality that you're in is a hallucinated projection of an illusion to help you learn lessons. And from that information, it changed my life on such a level I can't even describe to where I would cry out of joy because my life had completely changed. I was able to forgive everybody around me. I was able to learn from the painful memories that I had experienced. And then it started talking about religion in that all the religions around us are connected in the sense of the concepts of love, forgiveness, and compassion. And that these were all tools that were brought to us through these prophets to help us all achieve the spiritual awakening and truly live in that Christ-like consciousness. And to me, that inspired me to get better and to be where I am now. Word. Damn. Damn, that's a journey, man. Holy crap. Happy to... Yeah, it is. Glad you went through all that, dude. Like, you're strong for that. No. I really appreciate it. What is um has your has it like your perspective on the world itself changed through the journey too? Like what was like back then you kind of went in a dark place now, but how do you see like life itself? Do you see it like it's un still unfair? Is it joyful or is it more? I'm not oh, sure. I, oh, I was the internet. My internet decided to be stupid for a minute. You're good. Oh, you're fine. Uh, you want me to repeat the question? Yeah. Um, so like I was, I was saying that because of your journey and your and your transformation and your new um, newfound religion and like your newfound guidance, how does that impact like your perspective on the world? Like, is there anything that changed in the way that you perceive life now? That in the way that you interact with um, with everybody else or like with your surroundings? Oh, a hundred percent. Like, I really learned that forgiveness is um the number one tool you can use to help you start to look at everyone else as a projection of you mm -hmm. and in that sense you have to look at um the fact that if these are projections of who you are mm -hmm. and you see people that were like you that you were like at one point where they're like arr, arr, and just constantly right. angry it just like helps you be able to approach them in the sense of if you were approaching yourself that angry how would you react mm, interesting i never uh, looked at that's actually cool, a cool thing yeah i never I actually see. say it like that I see what you know means. no but I, that is true too because like um in, in a way you kind of can see yourself in certain people like oh my god i could see why you would get pissed off about something you can relate you're like fuck i will be so mad too you know where somebody's sad or mm -hmm. suffering you could kind of somehow feel the same energy too 
You know, saying that way you kind of yeah, exactly. You know, but that's good. It humbles you a little bit, you know, because you know that you're human too. Oh, a hundred percent. Like it literally, it literally made every single problem I looked at in my life a molehill that I had dug into a mountain. If that makes sense. Yeah, and the thing too is like um, because I always found that religion gives you like this sort, this sort of like resilience to, towards like any situation or like um rivalry that presents you so in a way in my opinion i think also it helps you become strong because in a way you have you have an inner strength and you're like i've got this you know guidance you have guidance you know how to kind of get around the emotional problem you're just frustrated you feel blocked because you know that there's a way out you know it's like a it's like a boost in positivity in a way too yeah you know it's very it's very easy sometimes to like complain and stay negative and all that but it's like hard to stay on the positive so because you're so used to like that negativity because it's easy it's to like, say it's no it's hard to like and then again it's also like it's easier said than done sometimes yeah but you gotta like it's all on you if you like if you actually want to change that yeah and the things too is like when you're like at a low point although all that darkness builds up you know and because you don't have a belief system something that grounds you Mm-hmm. in a way you know you kind of just like fucked you kind of just stuck there in that you know so the number one problem that people have when they get stuck in what the information i've looked at is called the dark night of the soul which is like this um that place when you literally feel like you were at your lowest like you're stuck in a swimming pool with 10,000 pound ankle bracelets on that you put on yourself and you're like dude, everybody else put these bracelets on. It was not me. Why? Why am I going through this? Why? Why? But in reality, you have to look at it like this. It's like, what can I learn rather than what can I run from? Yeah. No, that is that true. That is so fucking true. No, and the thing I is to... that too a little bit. Yeah, no, and yeah, the, thing, the thing is like, uh, you also have, it helps you see your... You know the thoughts that you put away every day. You know it makes you face them in a way. You know you kind of self like you kind of self repair yourself yeah. in a way. And also like ma- like masking those emotions too. Yeah, you, like those, you lie to yourself or yeah. you don't stay true. You know because like he says, you know like people you you could be tough on yourself, but also like that your surroundings and people you know can fucking like weigh you down, man. You know, and, and the thing is too when you don't have it support itself, you feel like you're drowning. You just stuck there. You know, forever, if if that makes sense. And with the masking, I was gonna say, sadly, like some people, I mean, some people like smoke weed just to like, you know, just to forget about it, like watch a movie, whatever. Like alcohol and like, fortunately, like harder drugs to like dwell to like hide those emotions. It's just sad to see. Oh yeah. It's not a good oh. place at all. But people are like, oh, it's just, it's just, it's just numb. Numbness is temporary. Yeah. What you're feeling it's- in that moment is temporary, but. Like I said earlier, it's just like it's easier said than done. But it's like, do you actually want to do it? Like you gotta like put push yourself. Motivation, like have some sort of guidance, like that can push, like push you to get out of that dark <clears throat> darkness. No, it is true. Like, uh, and the and the thing is, like, because religion also has its own rules where it teaches you how to how to start living in a way, how to dodge certain situations that could end up in like your demise, you know? And it's a, it's kind of like a, I wanna say, I wanna say it's, like a, it's like a rehabilitation for your soul in a way too, it's, it's like cleansing, mm-hmm. you know, because then now you start understanding as to why things are happening to you, 
you know and, and instead of you blaming what's outside you kind of see also like what's affecting on the inside every single thing that happens in your life is a uh is more of something you should approach with a why rather than in, in the sense why in the sense of like why is that person acting like this or why exactly did this situation happen the way it did the the concept about this universal consciousness which i follow a lot now is that um this whole thing is like a video game and when you get to a bad point in your life it's like a really hard level it's like playing god of war on the extremely hard difficulty that you know you're not going to beat and then doing it just because you want to teach yourself something yeah no that is true and the thing is too is like um in a way you kind of see yourself well in some in most religions you just you also find out that we are like all one and you know what's on what's on the outside is also what's inside of you as well too you know and like he says too it's like this is kind of like a video game you know you're just demanding experience simulation <laughs> if you want to say simulation for anything but you gain the experience to later on start to kind of like prepare yourself you know for like what comes afterwards but it's also to ease your um your stay here because you know as, as you can see life is not life can be tough especially on anybody especially around this like right what we're doing dealing yeah. with right now oh, yeah. this is, like this is this crushing part, this part in our lives is truly like one of the points in our lives that is programmed in there to help us learn that because this right now for some people is horrible suicide rates across the world have gone up 200 percent just from the sole fact of isolation the, the lesson about isolation is to remember that everything around you is a projection of you so even if you're not around people you really are around things that you've created and even you as a creation of yourself are a creation of what they call the universal consciousness mm -hmm. they say like the consciousness first step of like this whole universe was the fact that it just became self-aware and these just energy rates just started expanding and expanding and expanding mm -hmm. into that there is yeah yeah and the things from there we came you know what i mean like what whatever is out there in the universe is what created us too you know so in a way we are all one and so we should treat each other like he says to you're like a reflection of that person too you project back leave and, an impression on everyone yeah and that's energy you know that energy stays and spreads so it's part of you as well too so whenever you they feel something because you sympathize with them you could also end up feeling the same and then you could help them out and that again that's kind of like a guidance for you to kind of ease yourself on earth while you're here because again it, it's tough as heck what's happening and people go through like many situations and tribulations that could traumatize them and sometimes you know they don't know where to escape or who to go to and they turn to the bad things the um the the one thing i've noticed is that i've been told this since i was a little kid is that one random act of kindness to a person could literally change their whole entire life. And the, after I studied this information and specifically these books, the law of one, which I recommend you guys read because it's some of the craziest shit I've ever read, hmm. but it talks about like one random act of kindness can change a whole person's life. And the more I started doing that, like my work, like there's this one guy named Jeff. I was like, Hey man, how are you doing? Cause I, now I take it upon myself just to say hi to people. Because like I said, that random act of kindness and this dude said his day was going real shitty. He's got a lot of stuff going on. And all I did was like, 
hey man, this this world is dark, but we're put through that darkness to sh- find the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And he said ever since that, his life has improved. And I just, that all goes back to like karma, you know what I mean? And like, I firmly believe that this cycle of karma, it can change for anybody if you put in the work. And it's not like an easy thing, like you guys are saying, like this, this is a thing that you have to work on. Like I, when I thought I was better was when like about a month, like after I had, not become homeless anymore i was like you know what i think i got it still didn't fucking have it for about seven or eight months and then like you really you really won't even realize it until you're ready for it that's the that's the only thing that's like it's kind of like well if we are these beings outside of these bodies why can't we just know how to do it it's like you you have to forget what you are to learn it the right way because that old saying of people if people are given things like they won't take it they will take advantage of it in the wrong way is very true like there's this veil in a sense that you get put over yeah but that's the thing too it's like because the way that you're brought up as well shapes the way that you kind of see everything else and perceive you know perceive people Mm -hmm. perceive you know your own self what you put in is what you get yeah exactly like the energy that you give back like you have you ever been in an environment where everybody's kind of like tense pissed off or like very frustrated and then you feel that thick air but you also end up at the end of that you end up absorbing then you end up like feeling frustrated mad for no reason at all and you lash out on someone else you know in the same way like he says an act of kindness can sometimes create like a ripple effect yeah like just something simple like holding a door for someone or just saying like exactly like how is your day yeah a compliment here and there hey dude you like you know i like your fit today or something looks pretty good stuff like that can can go a long way too but it's also it can improve in your mood because you're also you could also get stuck in your head most of the time without like paying attention what's going around you and that could also like mess you up as well too it gets pretty chaotic Oh yeah, like uh, I mean, like just I have been work. I've been working at Amazon for about six months, and the type of jobs we work in are these in these very very narrow aisles. And if anybody who works at Amazon at a fulfillment center specifically knows what I'm talking about, you're in there by yourself in a small like it's probably four or five feet wide, and then there's shoots walls of at just specifically mine. But um, you're like you in those aisles that's where you work for 10 hours a day so it's like you really are by yourself you might see people you know and say hi to stuff but at the end of the day like you're still by yourself so it is really easy to just like oh you're picking shoes picking shoes a voice in your hand hey kill yourself you know what i mean like yeah. all day at one point that's what my life was working at this fucking place and i was literally bashing my head physically on a on this order picker thing i was using and like i was i would look around and think people were following me and shit it was like I'm very grateful just how I've learned to appreciate this life and look at things from a different perspective. And really that's what religion is here for. There's such a face value mm-hmm. that they have, like a, like a face image of religion that a lot of people see and they use that as a way to bash it. And I get it because there was a long period in my life where I was like, fuck religion, fuck Christianity, fuck this, fuck that. And then I realized I'm like, that's the face value. The real value is up here when you start looking for it. Yeah. The thing is like when you start applying all of those rules, all of those guidances and, and you know, um, advice that comes with it with some, with some of these books and texts and stuff that you follow, that's where the spirituality happens you know mm-hmm. people sometimes just tend to use it just for the their own gain but when it's about your own self-improvement 
you know, it's kind of like you give him back into the world. It's like you're planting a seed, you know, and then you start growing. You know, you start seeing things differently, more in a positive way, clear with a clear mind too, because it could also keep get pretty cloudy up there too if you don't have a sense of ground yeah and religion is for that too as well it's a sense to kind of like say hey this is what we're doing here you know this is how this is this is how we are gonna we're, we're going to be this is how we're gonna grow you know and, and then also too because like you end up uh finding these little communities too of like-minded people that could also do a little change in your life too as well impact you pretty hard too oh yeah i mean like um one example of like connecting with people that are the same like mine is like I have a friend named Jaleel who I hadn't talked to since seventh grade, eighth grade, I think. And um, he started working at my job with me and out of nowhere, he I was talking to him on Facebook. I was like, yo, do you work at Amazon? He's like, yeah. And then he starts talking about the law of one, like the stuff I'm talking, like the stuff I was reading. I was like, I just thought it was weird that like the first time I talked to someone in probably eight years, I think it's been that they're looking at the same exact information I'm looking at and have the same exact belief. It's like it was meant to be. <laughs> like you guys were, Fate. you meant to like send that message. In a sense, it's like, it helps you show, like to me, it showed me that like, yeah, you could look at it like coincidence, but honestly, this information teaches you coincidence really doesn't exist. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I wasn't gonna all say this, like coincidence is more like, it was like, what's the word for Probability? It? Not really, more like, like take out coincidence I was just more like it was like something told you to like message him and like you'll get what you wanted from that talk like mm. you probably needed it for that night oh yeah I know what you're talking about it's like so basically like when they talk about the afterlife throughout this information and a lot of stuff they talk um and there's these other books by this guy I forget his name but one of the books is called Journey of Souls he has three books where they did past life regression on people and uh talk about um the in-between with like your true reality or your true identity unveiled. And they talk about your, those people that you see in between these incarnations are part of a soul group. And that's why you feel connected to some people a lot more as if, or like you get so much deja vu around a certain person. Yes. Yes. You feel like you've known someone forever and stuff is because you literally have gone through multiple lifetimes and like, that's the thing with me and Julio. Like, even when we were like probably like twelve or thirteen, I always felt like really close with him in that time. And then we get back together, it just makes too much sense. We're talking about the same exact shit, and I'm just like meeting more people like that. And I think that I'm grateful for that because I wasn't ready before, and now I'm ready. And ever, it just it's weird to think about it in this sense, even like lurking at all the stuff I have. Because there's, I feel like everybody always has a teeny tiny bit of doubt, no matter how much you believe in something. Because there's always that. Well, what if when we die, that's it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's your opinion on that? Like, what do you think happens when we die? Um, I think when we die, like I said, this this veil getting gets lifted, and you realize that the life, like me, Andy Reynolds, or Jesus, was really the teeny tiny tip. Of, of your fingernail and you start to see that throughout this whole spiritual body that you you were actually this higher purpose they actually talk about in the afterlife there are well in every reality there's a different density level of evolution for 
human evolution or just sentient evolution. And there's these eight density levels that kind of go coexist with like the eight chakras or energy rays. And they talk about when you die, you kind of face this judgment from the only really people that can judge is like this alleged council or whatever. And it's, this is the same thing repeated through 14, I think it said 14,000 other people this guy did regression on. But um, they, and in regression, you can't lie if you know anything about past, hypnotic past life regression. Like that is a true, like you're in control even though you won't remember what you're saying. But they talk about um, you figure out if you're going to be harvested to another density. And like you reunite with this soul group that is about a thousand people based on this knowledge and um you plan out the next life it's literally like the it's literally like when you're on elder Scrolls skyrim creating a character and like doing that but then you design every physical part of it and then you go okay at age five he's gonna stub his toe uh three months later he's gonna cut himself on something like at age 16 he's gonna get cheated on and that's gonna teach him this at uh at uh, age 22, he's gonna try and kill himself and that's gonna teach him to appreciate life more. You know what I mean? It's like all the bad things are also planned as well as the good things because everything is experiential catalyst to make you evolve spiritually. That is crazy. I'd be thinking about that type of shit too. Dude, that is fucking wild. You know what it just reminds me of? What? That episode in um, Man, Man Like Gospel. Oh, you mean- you, one. No, he- the for, yeah, for a moment, I thought, I thought he was talking about the Bardo loop, which is yeah, basically I, that. That's what I'm, that's what I'm bringing Yeah, because he said the eight chakras and you see like all these uh, entities. That is true because basically what Buddhism, Tibetan Buddhism states that when you die, your soul goes through this period of cleansing for like- I think it's 40, 42 days. It's kind of like a, it's like it looks like a psychedelic trip. It's like a. But you see yourself back. What's that word? What? What exactly? No. When you like when you die, but you're in somewhere. Um. You mean limbo? No. Or the in between? Yeah, but there's a word purgatory. Purgatory. I guess you could say that it's combined to purgatory. But anyways, it's like basically you go through your life, but you're trying to wake up because the belief is that life is just a dream that you're kind of just going through. Like this is just your soul experiencing itself, you know. And when you die, your soul is trying to wake up. It's saying like, did this happen? You know, and if you're too attached to the world, then you go back reincarnated as a new being, which is something that resonates with what he says too, because it's like, it's a planned life in a way too, because of these experiences that you encounter, you may encounter someone from that group. So that again, that he was talking to, that you might've been friends say a hundred years ago. And this is why you connect so well with despite of how short the time you guys meet each other or these deja vu's and these strong connections that you have with other people that you can't just explain but you just feel the same energy the same vibes at the same time so it could be that you know we just probably just recycle souls reliving the same thing over and over again in a way you know see they they talk about it in the sense of um it's all about learning lessons like i said the guidance from your pain that really is the true thing there's actually there's a part in this book, and this is the second book of the Law of One. Mm-hmm. And uh, they asked, and basically, the Law of One material. Before I read this, this will ma- help make more sense. Is this is all um, like a questioner talking to an alleged extraterrestrial contact through a medium? So, like, they put this woman 
through a de- who was who was a devout Christian before they start doing this, and uh, and throughout the whole entire time she is still practicing Christianity, but they realize that she can be a medium and be used as a as they call an instrument to contact other beings from the afterlife or just other density levels as they are sometimes represented as and and this this part which is always shock a nerve to me i mean like when i read this i was like holy shit this is it like this is the fucking meaning of life Mm -hmm. but it talks about it in the sense they the questioner basically goes why do we have to forget why do we have to have a veil over us and not remember who we are and then this is what the alleged contact named Ra is this is what they say let us give the example of the man who sees all the poker hands he then knows the game it is but child's play to gamble for it is no risk the other hands are known the possibilities are known and the hand will be played correctly but with no interest in time space and in the true color green density the hands of all are open to the eye the thoughts, the feelings, the troubles, all of these may be seen. There is no deception and no desire for deception. Thus may be accomplished in harmony, but the mind, body, spirit complex gains little polarity from this interaction. Let us re-examine this metaphor and multiply it into the longest poker game you can imagine, a lifetime. The cards are love, dislike, limitation, unhappiness, pleasure, and other feelings that you will experience. They are dealt and redealt and redealt continuously. You may, during this incarnation, begin, and we stress begin, to know your own cards. You may begin to find the love within you. You may begin to balance your pleasure, your limitations, and other feelings like this. However, your only indication of other self's cards is to look into the eyes. You cannot remember your hand their hands, perhaps even the rules of this game. This game can only be won by those who lose their cards and the melting influence of love can only be won by those who lay their pleasures, their limitations, their all upon the table face up and say inwardly, all, all of you players, each other self, whatever your hand, I love you. This is the game to know, to accept, to forgive, to balance and to open the self in love. This cannot be done without the forgetting, for it would carry no weight in the life of the mind, body, spirit complex totality. That was like a mic drop when I read it the first time. I was like, what in the fuck? Dude, my mind is fucking blown. No, not even blown. It's just mind fucked. I would imagine like holding out like a fucking like cards in your in your hands and like you just kind of go random. You lay it down, like you go through them. It's insane. I mean, that's that's kind of like, uh, damn, it's, fuck, that yeah, is. That was a mind fuck. Bro. Okay, no, that is so deep too because that was, I was like, wow. But but you know what's funny? It's like you're playing with like your own fate in a way. Mm-hmm. But at least temp- that temporary fate in which you're tied to, you know. So, it, but then again, how would you imp- interpret that though, Andy? Like, what would be your own take on that? Or what actually was like? What was the ma- what was that made you realize that? Like, holy fuck! Like, this is it. Um. Well, just like it makes sense to me because think about why we can only access a certain percentage of our brain. You know what I mean? Like, we only access a little percentage of our brain because if we access a hundred percent of our brain, it's like when you plug up. It's like when you blow a cap. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
inside the computer, you've put too much information. You know what I mean? Like our DNA has so much storage in it. It could store all the information that we know. And this is scientifically proven that the information that the DNA, one double helix has so much information of it. It's like a giant supercomputer, Mm -hmm. but you can only access this much because it would like, it's like that scene in Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull where she says, I want to know everything, and then her hand blows up. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. Some things they say are meant to be a mystery. Like, if you knew that you were a projection of a god, it would literally, you would, if everybody knew what we were, we would stand up and do nothing for the rest of our lives. Dude, that is facts, actually. Yeah. That is very true. Mm-hmm. That is very true. Like, the eagle would be too high like take down like you wouldn't be able to like like if like if you knew when you were gonna die if you knew that tomorrow like you were gonna commit a murder or something like that like you would just be like well this sucks it's like when you put cheat codes in a video game you're like the game gets less and less fun yeah because you basically yeah. can predict what happens but you know it's funny that you're is not, true you're not, you're not yeah. challenged yeah you're, it's also that but it's also because that it doesn't become monotonous because like when you have something that you know is coming up, you already prepare for it. You experience it many times in your head and you're like, all right, this is going to happen whether I like it or not. Let's just walk into it. You know, that is kind of fucked in a way too. If it was like that, there will be no freedom. You, you, I mean like the whole concept of free will is that you can't know what's going to happen. Like they, they ask the entity so many questions in these books and they sometimes go we can't speak on that because it's an infringement upon free will there's a part in the law of one that talks about the law of confusion and you need that so that way you can figure yourself yourself out like you couldn't like people hearing this can't take what i'm saying and go that's it that's the truth the way to truly understand it is to go oh i'm gonna read the law of one oh i'm gonna read the bible i'm gonna read the satanic bible i'm gonna read mm-hmm. the Tanakh. read this and that that way i can understand it because your reality is your reality. It's not my reality. This is the most beautiful thing about this whole like simulation thing. I'm living in a reality where I'm seeing projections of you guys, which are projections of me, while you guys see the same exact fucking thing and we're all coexisting together. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. You mm-hmm. see different things with different lenses, pretty much, but it's all the same experience at one point. Literally. Holy fuck! But then now, I love this shit. Would you would you say that that's what makes us connected in a way too as well? Oh yeah, because like you couldn't learn without other people. Like you you can learn. You need that energy to feed your the hunger in that. Yeah, literally, the human connection is so important. That's why people who have like sociopathic behaviors and stuff they follow such a negative path because they've never really experienced that connection in a sense or they just like they just fuck their own head up or like there had and a lot of that has to do with trauma too like some like there there's two paths you can go on service to others or service to self and the service to self path is where you see a lot of negative energy because mm-hmm. it is the negative path because like sociopaths and stuff they're only looking out for number one at the end of the day and those are the people who are scariest the most because they can blend in like a tiger in a sheep herd you know what i mean mm-hmm it's crazy no they could attack holy fuck like but it's but it's also like because sometimes you can't predict what happens to either you know like you you can't be mentally ready for like 
you know, to predict like, yes, this is going to happen to me one day. And therefore, like, shit, I got it all the Chico's ready, you know, it, because then there wouldn't be a need for guidance at that point, too. Literally. Yeah, like, what's, Literally. The, point, like, what's the point of living? In that case. That's, no. Like, if you, like, when you say what's the point of living, do you mean, like, if you knew how to live, live the right way? Or? Yes. And, like, if you, like, knew this is going to happen... And you're just like, oh, it's like... Because, like, well, I'm I'm, I'm trying to play devil's advocate on this one. Like, say, for instance, now that this guy... Like, yeah, the guidance is available for you to know how to live a proper life or a better life compared to, like, a one with no guidance and use loss, right? But then wouldn't that also chain you, like... I wouldn't say chain. Hold no, just kind of like keeping a straight line, kind of like limiting your will, your free, your freedom a little bit, mm-hmm. because now you limit yourself to certain things. So like, I hate the word limiting, but let, just to, for context, you limit yourself a little bit in a way. I get what you're saying. You're talking about like, like, like once you figure this stuff out in your life as closely as you could in a third density body, like mm-hmm. what you're saying, like what's the point then if you only need to follow this structure and like in the sense of that it really is still your own journey you know what i mean like yeah Yeah. the whole thing like about it is is that like you start to learn these things which they actually talk about meditation being the number one way to do it is like when i have problems now i meditate on them i it's like i'm like i'm stressed out about this uh I'll meditate on it and I'll figure out my guidance one way or the other. No, that is true. I I, I could agree on that too, because also you could say that it's your own choice also to, to kind of like stay, stick with like this rudiment. How, Oh yeah. I have a question. Like for someone that like, they've like tried to meditate and I'm sure you had struggles to start like meditating too. Like, what advice would you give to someone to like that's like trying their best to meditate but it doesn't work out for them at all i would say that if you feel like you haven't had success i think that a lot of it becomes with the fact that a lot of people think you need to completely clear your head you need to think about absolutely nothing when in reality you should be thinking about everything and a lot of people go what the fuck does that mean it's not about doing this. It's not about doing this right. It's not about doing that right. In the law of one, they say there's not one right way or wrong way to meditate. It's about just simply being. It's more about awareness and mindfulness. The one thing that really helped me though personally is that they have this thing called uh, breath focused meditation where you just breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Focus on the in the way it goes in, focus on that pause where there's nothing. Focus on the way it goes out. Focus about that pause. You know, that's one thing that helped me. I think for people who start, they put a lot of stress like, okay, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, oh, I didn't do it right the first time. Fuck, this sucks. I quit. You know, like that, mm-hmm. that mentality in general, I think is what causes a lot of people to fail. And I think that the more you just go, okay, I'm just going to let go and try it. That helps the most. It's all about letting go and just being. 
damn that's actually pretty good because yeah. like i am i could be one of those people too that put stress on themselves a lot when it's like ah damn it i gotta do this or like oh my god i didn't do it right the first time so like what the fuck i'm a fuck up and all that mm -hmm. but you just gotta sit down with it and kind of you say all right this is just this is what it is let's just deal with it you know it's gonna be over soon it's fine you know i'm guilty of this like <laughs> like take take for example work you know sometimes work can be very very like um mind-numbing very like tedious but in a way if you really just approach it with like step by step you're like all right you know you're just we're gonna we just gotta do this for a couple a couple hours we don't have to like it's not a big deal you know it's not it's not what you think it is you know because you your head sometimes can make it out 10 times bigger than what it is for anything you know what sucks though like living basically a nine to five mentality what do you mean by that like we wake up go to work Come home from work. I have a lot to say about that. We, yeah, um, we wake up at a certain time to go to work. We work, and we come back home. We're exhausted from work. We only have a what, a few hours to ourselves at night, or like with our family at night. And then you wake up doing the same shit over, and you're just waiting for the weekend. And when the weekend comes, you're like, "Wow, I only had 48 hours." To myself, sometimes you don't even have those forty-eight hours because you have you leave everything for the weekend. Mm-hmm. That too. And that's why people are so stressed out now nowadays, especially during this time. It's, it's just a lot harder. That's the thing. It's like if if you don't keep a clear head or try to organize your thoughts a little bit, it could it could get pretty overwhelming. But when you have like a sense of like organization, order, and also in a sense that you don't have to attach yourself too much to these things like Andy says you just kind of learn how to let go yeah in a way but some people can lose it though yeah Fabio what, 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 what's your take on that well I mean I'm pretty sure a lot of people are gonna agree with me when I say this but like I find myself and this is something that has been happening lately and I'm I'm pretty sure I've talked to like all of you in you know behind closed doors about this and I've just been like pretty, like I feel like life is not fair when it comes to that aspect. Like whether, like I know it's pretty like self-destructive to see life in that way of like, oh yeah, go to school, grow up, get a job, mm -hmm. have kids, get married. Like I know life is miserable if you think about it that way, but here's the thing. Even if you do like the outside things of like, let's say, you know, you may, let's say your dream is music. You made a band, the band is successful. You got to tour, you made money out of music. People know you like, even after you do those things, like the human brain is set up in such a way that we get bored so easily that even after we do all those things, we're like, okay, what now? Yeah. Cause you already like, did it. You achieved that shit already. Also, feel like you don't have any Yeah. Like, sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like majority of the people that I talk to, like, Every time they tell me, like, yeah, man, like, I haven't been feeling really good lately. Like, after talking to them, I, I like, realize that all they are is bored. They're just bored because they don't know what to do next. They don't know what's next in, like, in life for them. And they're scared because they don't know what's going to happen because they, they know they don't have control of it, you know? Or at least not totally. See, a lot of that, I feel, comes from dwelling where you constantly either you'll see things that people are doing that you wish you were doing and then you think about how like like for example like in my own experiences with dwelling and stuff like 
when I had quit Shane Smile, I saw like one of the things I saw them do was they played I Matter, right? And there was like 700 people mm-hmm. there. And I was like, damn, I wish I did that. And then I would think about stuff like that. Like, I wish I was on tour with this band. I wish that I was signed to this label. I wish I was like as big as Knock Loose. I wish I was as big as Lamb of God, you know? And I think that what this stuff has taught me is that that's your head and your ego keeping you stuck out of this present moment. Mm-hmm. And the more that you start to tell yourself, I am in this present moment at all times, because time is just a linear thing, but the present moment is forever. Ooh, I like that. Damn, bro. That, damn, that was actually, that's, that's, that's fucking good. Can, Very like, good analogy, too. Kind of sort of relate within, like, what you just said, because, um, you know, some the people already know, like, I'm not in Well Worcester anymore, and after, like, leaving, well, not being in the band, it's just, like, think about all the past shows that I played and, like, the bands I played with. Kind of crazy. Yeah, crazy. So, like, oh, I played that show, and, like, you remember how the crowd was? It's, like, thinking about now, it's just, like, I'm going to miss that. Mm -hmm. It's just sex. Like, it's, like, I, like, from other people, it's, like, you got bored of what you were doing. I'd say, like, music was boring. It was just, like, I was also, like, burnt out. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the thing. It's, like, when people burn out, they just kind of just... They don't know what to do. They're like, bro, like, th- this is it. You know, this is it. the best I could do or, like, not even the best, but this is, like, what what's there to do that interests you at that point because you're so tired of everything else that like, you don't even try sometimes to even look for something. Yeah, when you get stuck in that, uh, that mindset, you start to literally think everything sucks. Mm-hmm. And then that's what... This is where this uh, kind of, like, service to self path kind of overtakes your service to others path because you don't start to think about other people and how you can make your like impact on other people in service to others because then you start going, I wish that I was still in that moment and I mm-hmm. wish that I was still doing those things for myself and I yeah. wish that I was still doing that tour with my band and I wish I was still in that band so it was my band. The more you start to go, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that stuff was cool, but... I'm on to the next thing. You can always start a new band. You can always, there's another day to wake up. There's another day to write another song. There's another day to do things. Like, even though I left Shane's spot, I've been working on a project myself for like the past year and a half that like, I've been keeping real low key, but I just think about it. And that is like, there's those things coming. There's more things coming. Like the sun is always shining and people always are the ones putting the cloud above it. Mm-hmm. yeah you never stop that's the thing it's like you you have to try to keep going even if it means that you have to drag yourself to it you know like mm-hmm. in a way it's like it's like i mean i know people will say oh like in like a band like music aspect it's like, oh if you grow out of it you're never for it and you, after you, before you say before you hear that you tell them oh i guess i grew up hmm right I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's hard. It's just like you don't really get what, mm-hmm. the, why that person doesn't want to do it anymore. I mean, there, there could be different variables on that too, because there, there, it could be anything at, the, at that point. But it's that if if you stop loving it, it means that you stop caring about it. You know, and and because you stop caring about it, it's because there's something that made you, you know, just give up. 
it could be something personal it could be something spiritual it could be something in your head that is just fucking with you in a way because for example like do you ever see people that have this passion for anything like bake baking or like they have a passion for like writing books or whatever but they never end up doing it they don't end up, they don't try you know afraid they're, or like they're not afraid either but it's also like that routine of nine to five has them so burned now that they're like god do i even do i even do i even want to do this you know they don't have that push yeah you know it's all about that present moment baby yeah it's yes. so all living in the moment you know sometimes also if you overthink too much of the future like oh i got a plan for like 50 years from now or whatever i'm like dude do, do you even know what the fuck you're gonna be doing tomorrow you um know? will ferrell will ferrell actually said this in a graduation speech and like i i heard this when i was like 14 and it's always stuck with me he said don't let the fear of failure outweigh the fear of what if you didn't do it. Yeah. Yes. I, I've heard that. Absolutely, mm -hmm. too. Never what it, it, yeah, A lot of people get stuck on like, ah, oh, what if I did that instead? You know, what the hell? You dwell so much in your failure. You're just yeah. like, well, fuck me. You're, well, that's the thing. It's like, because it's easy to look back and you're too hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy to look back and judge yourself hard. Like, especially like with the arts, when you're writing a new song or like you're, you're you have an idea and you show it to someone else, you kind of expose yourself to that. Like, you're like, artists are so, well, they're their own enemy. But yeah, because because then we you're just like we were, we're the hardest critic. You're your own critic. You're yeah. the hardest <laughs> one too because you have such a hard time accepting yourself sometimes. You're like, yeah, this is part of me. This exactly, is me. Yeah, like you're expressing yourself. You know, you compare yourself to like at, at someone else as a profession. It's like you gotta stick with what works for you. You know, and same thing. Like when you're feeling bored or out of that routine of nine nine to five, you know, you have to like ask yourself like bro are we good you know like what are we doing do we like what we're doing you know sometimes you gotta step back and kind of analyze what's going on because sometimes you're just on autopilot all the time that you don't even realize when it hits you zombies bro yeah zombies in a way i think the number one problem with people setting themselves up for something they really didn't want to do is because they have so many people around them telling them that they're gonna fail and it like goes along with the same yeah. thing of like like you cannot be afraid to have some, and I speak majority on music in bands. You cannot sit there and get mad for someone telling you that your shit sucks. And there are way too many people that I know all of us probably know that like, they think that just because you're friends with somebody, you have to like automatically like their bands or you have to like, you have to like this band because this guy's your friend and he's in it. And it's like, dude, you have to think for yourself or you're going to be unhappy for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, mm. People just don't, people just don't get it. And like, that's like the, that's like the one thing, just like with a lot of the bands that I played this. And when I, before I say this, it's not me talking and shit. And if anybody thinks that that's hearing this, that's your fault. But, um, like, like I've been real with people on how their music sounds. And I'll be like, I'll be like, like, do you want my honest opinion? I think this kind of sucks. And they go, oh, fuck you. I'm like, what did you want? Like you wanted to only hear happy things. If you only hear happy things, you're going to stay in this tiny little cloud right yes, here. Tunnel vision. And then like, the more like you say in this, and then somebody who has like some notoriety comes up to you, like your idol. If your idol came up to you and told you your shit sucks, it would probably crush you. But like, mm -hmm. Once you learn that, like, this is your illusion, this is your reality, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, if, like, 
a lot of people compare my vocals to Randy from Lamb of God. And that like, if he told me my shit sounded like dog shit, I would say, thank you so much. That means a lot because like, that criticism helps you shape into something better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people do not know how to take criticism. Absolutely. Too. They get yeah. so personal. It's, yeah. like, I, it's like, I get it. You're like, like you're putting yourself out. You put a lot of like blood, sweat and tears into what you made. Like so did everybody else. It's exactly. like, mm-hmm. it's like this one time friend asked me like, Oh, like how is like the honest opinion about his man? I was like, bro, honestly, that last EP was not great. Mm-hmm. But and how I, did like, it I take gave it? him like detail, details, like detail, by detail, like, Oh, he did this, he did that. He was like, all right. Like, he just took it. Well, that's the thing. It's like uh, a lot of. I feel like I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't like insult. He was like, "All right, like mm-hmm. thanks for like being honest," kind of thing. Okay, well, that's the thing. It's like a lot of people also have such a big ego that they think that it has to go their way always, or it has to work on their way always. You know, otherwise it's like, oh, you're. I don't not think matter. it's always. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's always a matter of like. Um, ego though like some people just love surrounding themselves with uh, yes men or they spend their entire life surrounded by them so like Mm -hmm. when they get people that are actually like hey man like I don't think this is great like and not by by saying it's not great it it doesn't mean it's bad it just says it just means like yo like I know you can improve at this so please like push yourself harder but people just get mad about that because Mm-hmm. people look for the easy way out like oh I'm gonna send this to my friend because I know my friend is gonna say it's good you know mm-hmm. that's it that's and that's what people right. do like, me personally me personally at first when I was younger like yeah I used to get mad but now the way I see it now is kind of like okay I write a song whatever I send it to one of you guys because I, I always let either Andy or Jesus read my shit mm-hmm. I remember when I first started showing my lyrics to Jesus he always had something to say about it. He was like, ah, this one, ah, too many words, working on this one. And my goal with that was to, like, finally write something that he was like, okay, yeah, I fuck with this one. And I finally did that not too long ago, if, if you remember, Jesus. Yes. And I was happy as shit. And I used that for, like, like for good. There you go. It, it helps you improve. Then, you know, you evolve in that shit. You know, people, you yeah, better. people need to learn. People need to learn how to use that for their own benefit. It's all about learning lessons. Like I said, I'll, keep, I'll probably repeat it about 17 million more times. I'm not going to care. But uh, the, like, that's the whole point. It's like learning lessons, all this shit. It's like you're, it's like you literally, it's like what the fuck that guy in, in the Midnight Gospel is saying about like the dude fell asleep behind the computer. I always say that shit. And I'm like, the, the reason when you die, it's like somebody woke you up from your nap because you shit your pants and you need to change them. It's like, <laughs> yes. It's like you're playing World of Warcraft. Do you know what I mean? And that way you fucking dehydrated, bro. Like get the fuck off the computer. You know, you they like call the ambulance for you because you're about to dehydrate from the lack of water playing RuneScape for a week. Another thing is like people are very like spoon fed nowadays. Like they want oh, everything handed. Uh, babies, yeah, they've been babies so babies. hard, man. Like they can't take anything. They're like, I want like do this for me, please, because I can't do it. They don't want to learn. But the things like they don't have the mental toughness to go through like that trial and then understand like oh this is why this happened i under- i get it and then you become stronger towards that and then you end up becoming wiser they don't have that because they don't want to face the hard the hard part about it that's what it is before that lesson comes everybody, a hard part everybody wants to be famous but they don't want to put in the work for it think about all the people who are where they are now like um mm-hmm. fucking like 
I don't really know. I'm trying to think. The 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 little person who was in Game of Thrones, he didn't start acting until he was 35. Oh, Peter Dinklage. Yeah, I didn't know that. Peter Dinklage. Yeah, he literally didn't start acting. He was like homeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went he through shit. Like literally that like so like some people don't realize the bands that are where they are today are because they had been doing it for ten to fifteen years prior. Like um I mean not loose is a very rare case of like being around for like even then still that was like four years before they blew up. Yeah, they blew up real quick. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. But like a band like Code Orange, like they've been around I think they were around ten years before like roadrunner picked them up i think even longer like there's a set from them from like 10 years ago and the the basis is actually in the crowd and he's like screaming all the words but it's just a three-piece when they were code orange kids and i just think like looking from that to like literally they've toured with gojira system of a down and slipknot slipknot i'm pretty sure multiple times like those are three of the biggest bands in the game and it's like they started out the same way we did it started out the same way every other band is starting fucking basements and shit it's like it's just hard work is not something that is meant to be easy and neither is success yeah no hard work you gotta, is, gotta push and work for it no you gotta you, it's, it's, you it's gotta push yourself like, do you want it how bad do you want it and that's the same thing like mental health too like everybody everybody dwells and they're like well i just wish i could get better tomorrow and it's like, if you really sat there and really worked hard enough, you could be better tomorrow. But like your tomorrow might not be actually tomorrow. It might be a month from now. It might be two years from now. It might be five years from now. But at one point you're going to wake up. And if you work hard at it, you will seriously wake up one day and go, this life is beautiful. Yeah, it's the process. Most of the time also, that is the be- the most beautiful part. So it's not even about the end of the journey too. You know, because in a way you're kind of like rediscovering parts of yourself that you never thought you had, you know, you become, you kind of start testing yourself more and then you unlock different sides of yourself to help you become like a different person too afterwards. Yeah, like some people don't really know themselves too well too. Mm -hmm. Now there's, um, there's actually one reason that, uh, through this law, one information, they talk about wanderers a lot and, uh, so like through each of these eight densities, they um, talk about starting from fourth density to fifth density, to sixth density, that there are beings that purposely go back into third density, which is what this is. And they go back as a wanderer, which is someone who is going to play a big part in their reality, but they don't realize it because the trick of the forgetting process of the wanderer is they have to become karmically involved to a point to where they don't know what they are. So if you ever meet someone who's like always getting bad luck, always getting shit on, always getting this and that, and they always go, why is my life so fucking miserable? It's because they probably are a wanderer and haven't realized it. And basically those, those are the, those are the more stronger people because those are people who have been through extremely traumatic things to help them wake up. Like, somebody who has been like abused and stuff like that like they are majority probably a wanderer because those are the lessons that make you the strongest you know what i mean it's like if you ever go to a party and you see someone that would rather sit there and pet the cat rather than be with other people it's because they've isolated themselves so much because they don't know what they are and the more that you help these people wake up it creates such a 
karma balance, not only with you, but with them, that they'll be able to finally play their part. But some people go lifetimes without realizing it. Yeah. Damn. Wow. It's experience. That, it, it's also like the experience that you accumulate too, but damn, yo, Andy's blowing my mind like every fucking time. This I is a great talk. No, I'll tell you some crazy shit. So the prophets are all, in a sense, wanderers, but like Jesus, in a sense, was like a really important wanderer because mm-hmm. Jesus was a being of fifth density that had such knowledge of love and compassion that it chose to incarnate into the being known as Yahweh and purposely like teach everybody about love. Like, and this is the one thing and like, I'm not a Catholic or like I was brought up in the household, but after I got confirmed, the motherfucker put wax on my forehead and I was like, this is bullshit. But then after a long time, after reading this law of one material, it like really put it into a perspective that helped me forgive a lot of people. Because, like, in Jesus' last, like, 24 hours before he was crucified, he was straight up tortured, whipped, starved, and then, like, physically nailed, crowned with thorns through the head, and then jabbed in the side by a spirit. His guts are hanging out, and he's sitting there on a cross, nailed to it, and he looks up and says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And when I really looked at it from the term of forgiveness helping you spiritually awaken, it was like if somebody who... Because we'll take Jesus out. Let's just think about it. If somebody who was tortured for 24 hours, then nailed to a cross, then driven physical crown of thorns in your head and then stabbed in the side can look at those people and go, I love you and I forgive you, then you can forgive someone who did you dirty. You can forgive that girl who cheated on you. You can forgive everyone in your life because it's really like, like I said, you're digging these small molehills into mountains when you really could just cover up the mountain, the molehill with forgiveness and love and compassion. And then you will see that you blossom into this flower in a sense. You kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of like you refine yourself too, because like, but how, so then you're saying also back to the wonder thing, because that actually grabbed my attention so much. So will you say that people who face misfortune, are also not meant to be in this plane or they just kind of infiltrating themselves into it the well the whole point of the incarnation is that you are meant to be here so whether you are a wanderer or not but the you you are meant to be here for a purpose of either awakening others while you're awakening yourself or just awakening yourself so like but the wanderer is the person who helps other people wake up too. They're like a very, very, very important person. Like my cousin, Johnny, which he, he like, since we have been kids is always like his, his parents would leave him at gas stations. Like he was just constantly getting shit on. I mean, like they called him when he was like five, they called him like Mr. Poopy pants until he physically bashed his head through a like room wall like bleeding down his whole face he like got so mad one time he chucked a knife at somebody like he had he's been through some of the worst things i've ever heard anybody do and when i explained this stuff to him he like straight up 360 it was the craziest thing i've ever seen which gave me more faith in just the wanderer theory let alone this whole universal consciousness theory is that if you help people period no matter what they're going through it's going, you're going to see the change. You're going to see them wake up. Like 
it, it's weird. Like I still, sometimes I'm like, what the fuck? Because like now I see my cousin Johnny he like, he wasn't talking to his brother for like two years cause of some stuff that happened. And like, he like moved out of my grandparents' house because of um, like, and like told him the day he was moving out, he had lived there for like three years. And it was like, after we had this talk, he reconnected with all those people. And it was so weird to me. I was just like, all I really did was say like, dude, you might be a wanderer. Like the more you wake people up to what they truly are, like that unlocks their true potential. No. It's like, all right, say for someone, like you give them like the advice and the knowledge and say they don't take it at all. Like what's, what are they then? I just feel that that means that they're not ready. You know, you only awake when you are ready. It's like, it's like, um, like you, like the, that's the whole thing about free will. Like when you fully choose to change yourself, is when you will fully get it. Yeah, because then you start this, you kind of like, like you said, that we are, we are put, we have this veil that gets teared down once we like uh, get off this plane over here and it's start experiencing the other side. And when you start like going through a rudimentary process of religion and like cleansing yourself in a way, you're kind of tearing out all that extra like thickness this veil that you kind of thought it was there that all this stuff was there in your head or whatever it's out you know now you start seeing what's actually true or what or you know what it is that is true in that sense oh, yeah, you, gain, you gain a whole new perspective mm-hmm. you gain a whole new awareness and mindfulness and you finally find that purpose that you've been looking for like like you just like for a long time I felt lost before I really started to do this in a different way. And like, even though I was happy, I always was like, you know, there's something missing. Like, I don't know what it is, but there is something missing. And that's when you unlock it. It's literally like a snap in your head. The way I I described it, it's kind of like fixing your inner child. And like, after I started meditating, I had like a vision one day or I had a dream when I was sleeping and it was, it felt very real. And, um, there was a kid version of me crying on a bench, sobbing the way I used to with like, when my, my dad was like on drugs and shit. And like when there was crazy stuff going on in my life and I was getting bullied a lot, but it was like a five-year-old version of me. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm alone. I have nothing. I have no one. And I just went over to this child version of myself, picked it up and I just enveloped it with love. And I just said, it's time to go. And then when I woke up the next morning, it was like, like I said, a light switch, something had completely changed. And that's just something that happened with me. But I think that everybody can fix that inner child that is broken when they really are ready for it. That's like the same thing with like, they say in AA, like, the first step is admitting you have the problem. Yes, you can deny it. You can't escape that that fact that you have a problem or like your flaws. That's the first step to acceptance. Like you are the flaws, but you gotta like overcome. Well, well it's part of you, you know, yeah. because like, um, just like, you, it's like a yin and yang, you know, you, you just like you have your good sides and you're actually your skills and your, and your positive side, you also have like your bad side where like all this negativity and all your like, flaws live and you know and you you can't hate it for what it is because that's also what keeps you in balance you have to love everything about who you are and everything 
everything else is to yeah. truly balance out yeah because like if you try to like obsess over being perfect like yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna play the, all the instruments yeah i'm gonna be the best fucking producer there is like yeah i'm gonna be the best like the the best at everything you know in a way you kind of just shoot yourself in your foot you know because then now you think that your your ego starts going in and then you think that you can't fail at anything and then when you do that's what destroys you because you thought you thought that you could that you could do all these things when you actually you know you're delusional at that point another thing with that it's just like another perspective of like oh i can't do that because i know i can't it's just like you don't really know yeah no you, you don't, don't really know and the thing too is like um you can't tr you you have to also see everything from like uh, zoom yourself out if you're here because like sometimes you could get also get too caught up into trying to fix yourself where like you hit a spot where you're just too obsessed where you're like oh why the hell can i not change this manner and i'm like dude just relax you know it, it's a pro it's a journey you know and like andy says it's all about the lessons that you learn that shape you into who you are afterwards learning how to play the game in a way right, hold you know on, Andy, i mean um victor's getting his uber eats but yeah hold on hold on i thought let me pause this shit for point five we're back we're back 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 nick 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 Nickelodeon. You gotta actually use some legit like commercial part. You gotta use the sample. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. We, we still haven't made a fucking like intro music thing, whatever. I'm like, yo, I, I tell us like, do it, do it. I'm like, I, I just have a lot of time. I'm gonna make a Daft Punk sounding John Ski for you guys. That is tough. <laughs> appreciate that. Hell yes. Do we it. We need something. I'm gonna um, get the robot tattooed on me actually. But yeah, um, continue from where, fuck, what were we talking about when you left? We were basically talking about like, um, how you get wrapped up in your head trying to fix yourself. Whereas you could have to, you have to see your life in a journey because like the journey is the thing that's going to help you kind of clear up all of that rubble that you have. And like anyone oh, yeah. saying that the lessons is what also shapes you into who you become later on. And that correlates into what Andy was saying when we were like off. So yeah, just um, repeat the when we were talking. Try talking to your cousin about. What oh you were yeah, yeah. I was, I was talking to my cousin because uh, he was like, I I have a lot of family members who are very like conservative Republicans. So like you know one of the things that a lot of those people already start doing is like, very they're very anti-Islam, just that religion and like that religion, like. He was like, yeah, well, they talk about molesting children in, in the Quran. I'm like, yeah, they also talk about molesting children in the Bible. A lot of people don't know that. And he was like, yeah, well, like, like Muslims believe that now. And I was like, do you think even if Muslims do believe, even if some Muslims do believe that, that like Christian people don't do that, there's like multiple cases, like a day of priests molesting and raping children. And it's like, That has nothing to do with the religion. And this is where people get wrapped up in the face value of stuff. Like with Christianity and the anti-abortion, the no sex before marriage and the no gays, it's like, do you think that a prophet who only preached love and forgiveness would really look at two people who were the same sex and say, hey, I love everybody except you. Oh yeah. And you guys aren't married, so that's a sin. And it's like, just like, shut the fuck up. Like, if you're not gonna look at it from the sense of 
everybody is really equal no matter what you believe then you truly are just being ignorant mm -hmm. yeah absolutely because then like it goes against with this like you said it goes against the same teachings that he was it's all forgiveness and love you and, and then no judgment either in a way too because he will he will love all the thieves hell even judas like the guy that betrayed him at the end of it too he still ended up forgiving him anyway you know what i mean even though he started he suffered later on but in a way it's like you can't judge or like hate people if you claim to be like a christian or like someone who you know follow these steps that's one thing about like religion like when these priests like give out their interpretation and like the people view that preacher as a god like oh he's saying the word for like oh yeah i believe it's, what he says yeah. is credible and everything i'm and like no bro like, like it's not that. over when he touches their forehead i'm like this no. is like th this is the problem with the religions that were made out of jesus and like buddha those prophets if they were around today they would say why did you make me an idol i am not an idol god is the idol and he doesn't even like to be called an idol it's like they would i think that if jesus had come back and if there was really a second coming of christ jesus would get on his knees and cry because of how bad his message got completely twisted yeah that's like the whole thing mm -hmm. about the law of one material is that which kind of ties into where we get our tinfoil hat on is where the <laughs> about Ra, like in Egyptian times, because that is the same being that is allegedly being contacted. Mm -hmm. Because the law of one is written that everything, the law of one is everything is connected. There's a universal consciousness which is experiencing itself, and we're all here to learn love. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's like they had come down and taught the Egyptians that had first experienced them, and then the countries like the Mayans and the Sumerians they all were met these contacts and they all talk about the same motherfuckers. If you look at the statues, have you guys ever seen the statues where they're holding a pine cone in a handbag, but they are like hundreds of years separated in culture? Yeah. Yes. It's like, it makes too much sense that they all made the same statue of the same guy holding a pine cone in a fucking purse. So it's like for that, they had come down here to preach this law of one and that they were here to show us love. But then people behind that were evil and were selfish said, like, for example, the, I don't remember the name of the first Pharaoh that was met. It was King Tut's dad. And it starts with an A, but he had a really elongated skull. Mm -hmm. And the priests go up to him after he's approached by these extraterrestrials and, uh, they go, you do realize that you're better than other people because of this, right? Like nobody else gets to know this information but you and we use it to control those people. And that's how like there were so many perversions of what exactly the law of one is. And for like Christianity, like there's a, have you guys ever heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls? Yes, I love that shit too. Yes. But like... The Dead Sea Scrolls are pieces of the Bible that were taken out at the oh, council. Yeah, they're like the lost books that nobody I talks was just, about. I know it's funny. I was gonna mention like, like yeah, they're just like lost like 
stories and books that oh, yeah. Out of the oh, yeah. Bible, and they don't want people to know about yeah, that like, part because it's like so like it's it's it awakens up like the inner spirit in the way. Yeah, but the things because there's information about like falling angels and yeah, like that all that shit too, like the Anunnaki's and like yeah, but I am so glad you said the fucking Anunnaki. Yeah, yes. Anunnaki with Nibiru. Mm-hmm. Yes, Nibiru, yes, planet Nibiru. So the the whole point of that, yeah, it talks about all that shit because back then those people they were more evolved than us. We kind of have like a mental handicap. So like the they talk about in the law of one, the original lifespan for human beings was nine hundred years old, and the yeah. reason why that like kept going down is because people kept taking the law of one and perverting it. They kept going, oh. This was meant for us and then service to self pass starts and builds up throughout the whole entire universe that's why if you if you ever read the book of enoch which yes. is only mentioned one time in the bible mm-hmm. but like um, the book of enoch it talks about this like the world was a very dark and evil place like with sodom and gomorrah and even before that like these people were not like us they would live for hundreds of years and be evil and control people and enslave people and murder and torture and rape and kill and it's like they they didn't get it and then it was brought down to 700 years old they still didn't get it but then like now it's 100 years old after that 700 year period because in 100 years it's such a quick time and you can live so many different lives so you have more chances to correct yourself Mm mm-hmm Dude, this just opened up so many fucking things I want to say. God damn. What? But you it'll, know, it'll, it'll go with yeah. like so many conversations. Um, mm-hmm. what are you gonna say? No, I was gonna say like, cause it's true, cause you got like the guy from Lazaro, like the longest human alive or whatever. You know, he was part of that kind of like generation where it was like just nine hundred years old where you could go. But it's also like he says, we've been we've been limiting ourselves and like contaminating our lives with that thing that it, it diminishes it. Think about it. Also, it's like with that and like now like how is it earlier like we have a routine like we're robotic we don't know our inner selves it's like the powers that be made it that way so we don't like take a moment and think about like our inner self like i said mm-hmm. it's like they, they they're this all control really and it's fucked oh up. yeah it's they don't want you to really wake up and figure out who you are because some people would use that power for themselves. Like, really think about this. Everybody's like, aliens are not real. Aliens are not real. What would happen if aliens really showed up? Either two things. They would try to blow the motherfuckers up, or they would be like, we're going to be friends, and then learn your technology and enslave more people. Hmm. So it's Now, allegedly, there is a theory that this year represents a very special time where we're transitioning from third density to fourth density out of a 75,000 year cycle. So like the reason why history repeats itself is for the lesson learning purposes that goes along what I was talking about. At one point we will no longer have wars. We will no longer have enslavement. We will no longer have people going on power trips and we will no longer have these negative elite or like some people call them the illuminati or the cabal and shit we won't have these beings anymore because in fourth density that's where love and kindness and acceptance and and compassion and other feelings grow over and overpower the service to self path the service to self path still exists but it's not going to be as crazy as it was like think about um 
Okay, so they trace 9-11 all the way back to the 13 years war on catastrophic events. That's one thing that you can correspond with. Um, if you ever heard of the Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy theory, that's another thing that they talk about. Both were shot in the back of the head. Both they them and their... Try to expose, like, the intergovernment and, like, they were against the central banks and all that shit. Oh, yeah, and, like, so, like... The Federal Reserve is the, the Illuminati. fucking thing ever. Those dudes are, those people are evil people because they control the money. Think, think about this, service to self or negative elite beings. They love power. So that proves that all really works on good and evil things. But, like, people sit there and they go, like, these people are fucking evil motherfuckers. The evil motherfuckers get power from you going, they're evil. That gives them their power. When you go and like some people think this is fucked up when you say I love you to all the bad people in the world. But like that will get to them at one point and change them. It might take a thousand years, but like at one point they will wake up and they will follow service to others. It just takes a long time. Dude, you know what's insane? Like earlier, like during at work, I was just thinking about like what we're going to talk about. And I was just like. We are angry at the wrong people, bro. There's, like, people don't know, but when you mention it, like, oh, it's just a conspiracy theory. But there's higher, there's elites that control everything. We're not, but people aren't mad at them. They're just mad at, like, the person, the mainstream media and the fucking puppet, the puppet tick on the fucking TV, too. They're just, like, they're mad at them. And, like, you're mad at the wrong people, bro. It's not, I mean, they're just fucking, they're reading a script. You really have to think about it like this. The people who are as bad as they are are the people that are the farthest away from the universal love in the world. And that is the saddest thing that you think about in one aspect. It's like some people are doing the things they are because they are so fucked up in their head that they don't know anything else. But like... Mm-hmm. It, that's that's a sad thing, but like it's even hard to look at the worst people in the world. I mean, the worst scum of the earth, and look at them and forgive them because, like, specifically in society, like we are we are taught to hate the truly bad things in the world as if that will solve the problem. When in reality, it does not. It doesn't solve the problem at all. Like. It just continuously makes the problem stick. Worse. Yeah, in a sense. But, like, this is where this fourth density kind of erases it. This is where the ego dies. This is where, you know, we don't look at things that we would now, but we can't specifically, like, experience it that way yet because if we do, then it would ruin what third density is third density is the lesson learning process in a sense that even though they're all lesson learning processes it um you like this is more of third density is about becoming self-aware and fourth density is where you learn how to love but then now like do you think that in order for us to experience that fourth density that we have to go through like some sort of hell difficult time yeah like a little purge you know way to kind of prepare yourself for that ending never ending love i don't i don't think necessarily i think for some people they're destined to go through the things 
like you're destined to go through this path and help you only get closer to love and f- forgiveness. So it's like some people see the way that people don't really have that tough of a life. Right. Like the kid who got his school paid for, lived in a big fancy rich house and he's still miserable. Hmm. But that is because, you know, like people don't really think about like, yeah, that kid was really privileged, but do you think they're really happy with all that materialism? If all they've been surrounded by is materialism, Mm -hmm. you don't get a real human connection with that. So you're still experiencing to some extent, if you live in that reality, you're experiencing some sort of trauma to help you awaken. No matter if it's Mm -hmm. you're living in a depressed shell your whole entire life, or if you're homeless for your whole entire life, these are experiences made for you. By you. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. People with uh, rich people in general, like they have so much money or people with money in general, like they have it, but then they have this like nice condo or house. They have the life. It's just like, they're still like empty. Because they know they can get it. They, you know? they know, oh, yeah, I have it all, but what's next? They don't like, have they don't have to work for it. Yeah. You know, but... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you're good. No, because then I was going to answer, because, like, what he what he says, too, is that, like, your life is kind of, like, like back back to the whole topic of, like, incarnations and everything. It's, like, it's handpicked for you, in a way, for you to kind of experience this and then learn and gather what you can. So when you get to the fourth plane, you have, you have this sense of understanding of, like, oh... Yeah, this like, this is what happened, and this is why this is the result of it. You know, this is the end. This is this is where I, this is where everything sh- it is. You know, it should be. No, yeah, that's like that's the whole thing. Actually, I have the the book of Thomas right opened up in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is one of the parts of it that I really like. It says, Jesus said, "Let him who seeks continue seeking until he finds." When he finds, he will become troubled. When he becomes troubled, he will be astonished and he will rule over them all. That really points to like, when you don't understand something and you start getting pissed, you start usually in your first couple times. So this kind of relates to people struggling with meditation. First, they start to seek when they go, okay, I'm gonna really try this. And then their first time, they can't clear their mind. They're thinking about how they just farted five minutes ago, or they're thinking about the joke, or they're thinking about this, or they're thinking about five years ago when your dad was on drugs still, or you're thinking about this, or you're thinking about how he got bills, blah, 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 blah. And then you're like, fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. So then that goes to when he be when he finds he will become troubled. So then you're like, what the fuck? And you start fastering and going, ah, and you're losing your fucking shit a little bit. And then after that, that's when you get the clarity. After you really stop and go, wait, 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 wait. Let's just put a natural Xanax in us and calm down and just be like, why didn't it work the first time? And then once you start doing that, then you become astonished in the fact that you start to actually see it work. And then you understand everything, you know, you, about what that is. It's, it's, it's a very long process for some people, it's, but you go at your own pace. No, you can't rush it either. Yep. You know, because... Well, like, say what? Mm-hmm. I just said, I just said, fuck, no, you can't. Because, like, when mm-hmm. I first started meditating, I only did five-minute sessions, but I did, like, 
15 basically in one day mm-hmm. and it felt like somebody was taking a fucking drill right to where your penal gland is which is the third eye and like it like mm-hmm. i started getting migraines and i was like oh let's just chill out you know so i started with five minute sessions for about like a month and then i went to five minute sessions in the morning and at night and then i moved it up to 10 and now i'm at 15 in the morning and at night now then you see it's a mastery you know you have to take it slow but you know they yeah because the thing is like also you're bound to get desperate if you're trying to rush it you know because what's what's the race bro you know like i don't like i don't i don't get what's the race of like yes i have to like get this shit done before ah anybody everybody else and everything what's the point man like everybody has their own time and their own thing to attend to back back correlates to like say like someone like it's senior year high school your parents and peers are like talking about college you're just like i don't know what to do like does it matter like what if i don't finish on time Dude, if you don't want to go to college right after high school, don't like don't do it. Like, to give yourself some time. But if you want to do it and go ahead and you know what to do, do that. Like, there's no race in getting an education and in the end a degree. Like, people go to college at the age of 35. <laughs> yeah, there's sure. no race. Yeah. Like, like, people go to high school at the age of 35. Hey, now, yo. Yeah, <laughs> high school. That is true, but that's the thing. It's like. It's all about how where where are you in your own life, like because it's not about planning, but it's more like no competition. No competition, you know. You live, ha- if you live in competition, you're not living. You kind of just choose where you go. I think I think I think some people I think some people just have like this major fear of pushing themselves out of the you know like the I guess this guideline that everybody has of like. You know, the same thing I talked about it earlier, like go to school, get a good job, blah, blah, blah. Like I expect you. Some people are so scared. Yeah, some people are so scared to break those, like, I don't know what you want to call it, rules or whatever. Like, they're like, no, 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 no. Like, I, I have to go to college and I have to get a job that pays me, like, this fuck shit, a ton amount of money. And, you know, and then you see those people and, like, you talk to those people and they're so, like, disconnected from everything. And it's like, dude, this is not, this is not life. It's uh, and then they they complain, and then I I feel like that's one of the reasons why we have so many like kids who are like disconnected from their parents because they there is so many parents out there that everything is just like no 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 like everything is work and everything is like school and everything is money and everything is this and it's like dude like give yourself at least five minutes you know to like do something for yourself they uh they call all that the original wound when you are when your parents don't let you become who you are and they keep you stuck in a mindset of like do you have to do it the way that we did it because it worked for us you know nobody ever lets their kids sit there and go figure it out yourself in a sense there are some things you have to teach your kids to help them learn lessons accordingly. Like you can't just sit there and not teach your children stuff. But like when you condition your kids to do things the way you did it, you're not letting them experience their their reality on the way that they want to do it. Like there are so many people who are worried, like my kid's not going to get a good job because 
they want to do this instead of what I did. They don't want to be a doctor. They don't want to be a lawyer. It's like that might not work for them. My cousin, my other cousin, Chase, she went to school at uh, St. Andrews in Edinburgh, Ireland, Scotland. And it's one of like the best colleges in the entire world. Looks like fucking Hogwarts or from Harry Potter. It's like really cool. But like she went for um, some sort of mathematic related thing. And because her dad like is the CEO of a stockbroking company. So she's, he's like, you got to get into the banks. You got to do this, got to do that. And then like, so she, she like goes and takes an internship at these banks. Hey, audio is cutting out. Yo, hold on. What you Whoa. said. Yeah. Yo. Oh, your audio cut off. Your audio cut off. You're muted. Oh, did he leave? Yo, you hear us? I think he left the session. Pause no, it. he didn't leave the session. He uh, his audio. My connection, my connection died, didn't it? So there we there go. There we go. So she, all right. So we lost you at um. She went to this intern, and yeah, basically we lost you after that. Oh, so she went to this internship and like, she hated it. She like every day would cry multiple times a day because of how crazy people are about money, and like that shows you firsthand working with a bank how fucked up materialism is and then like after that she literally she graduated college you know what i mean did this internship after that she went to the peace corps and her dad was super pissed because it's like go to the peace corps and in a sense like it's like he thought she was throwing away her education but like she was in tanzania teaching kids in tanzania like living in a hut with like a family and it like helped her learn a different perspective on life. And I seriously, like, it's so inspiring to me because like she literally went where there's like no running water, no power. Like you're so away from the materialistic world. And she said it like taught her how to appreciate life on such a different level. But like, that's what I mean. Like kid, like parents think they need their kids to be making so much money and do and this and that. It's like, shut up and let them do it. Exactly. You're not them. Mm-hmm. This reminds me. Um, I'm pre- pretty sure we we all saw the movie. Um, Dead Poet Society. Oh yeah, definitely. Yes. So, Literally. Seize the day, um, my friend. The the end where well the whole story is like the father wants the kid to be I think what, a doctor or some shit. Yeah, I think it was like a lawyer or a doctor. Yeah, and then like he was like, no, I want to act. Yeah, but the pressure was too big. He said, yeah. Nah, you're not gonna follow the that. Was like not for it at all. He was he he was like, oh, I'm gonna be at this play. Like, can like come see me or something. I don't, I think that's how it went. I don't really yeah. remember. I haven't seen the movie in a minute. And then the father like goes and sees the play at like the last few lines and then he was like oh you're after the, the play he was like oh you're a disappointment to me or some shit like that and then later on and not later on like a few scenes later the kid kills himself it's just like if you control your child and they end up doing such a thing like that you fucked up as a parent but yeah, because you're trying to force an identity that is not theirs. Don't yeah, don't and also if I think if you're in the situation, don't live someone else's life. You know. Yeah. But um, what are you gonna say, um, Fabio? Just break out of that, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, I think a lot of it. This might sound a little stupid. I don't know to be honest, but I think a lot of it comes from comes from jealousy. Like there's a lot of parents who you know, I understand everybody has different lives. You know, 
shit gets tough. But, you know, there are some parents that just, like, generally don't like seeing their kids having fun. Like, they think having fun is, is something that is not supposed to happen. It's like, bro, they're kids. Like, they need to fuck up. They need to do all these things that are going to make you mad, but it's supposed to happen because what any other, in what other way are they going to learn? You cannot just keep your kid behind closed doors and then at 18 be like, all right, now go get a job. Now go to college. And now like you better become a fucking lawyer. Like that's not the way it works. And like so many parents try to leave, to live the, the life that they wish they lived through their kids. And it's like, dog, that is not going to happen. Your kid is not going to live the life. Well, some kids do, but your kid, like 90% of the time is not going to live the life you want him or her to live. No. Yeah. Like the, uh, I think a lot of it, like you were saying with the jealousy is because they might see something in them, in their kid that they at one point had, um, had like tried to experience and since yeah. they figured it that meant that they were um that nobody else can do it if they can't do it you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah yeah I it's like, what did i say oh i just said like the the mentality of like just like not letting your kids do what they want with themselves like that um that is something that really I just I don't agree with at all. Yeah, I, I want to bring up one more like situation where it's like the parents' dream like failed and like oh they've tried to push their dream onto the kids. It's like oh like be a football player because I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Or like right. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. About. Yeah. Go ahead, Fabio. No, I, that's what I, that's what I meant. Like so many parents try to live their life through their kids, like. Like, they push their kids to do something they never could. And it's like, I mean, if the kid liked it, if the kid likes it, so be it. But, like, you can, how are you going to get mad at your kid because he because they don't like something? And like, which is something that a lot of parents do. Yep. You know, how are you going to get mad at your How are you going to raise your kid to be a person of, like, always making their own choices? Like, yes, like, you know, like, no, don't let nobody force you to do anything. Don't let nobody make you this. Don't let nobody, don't let nobody, like, force you into anything. But then you're like, oh, nah, you can't, you cannot choose that career because I don't want to and because I think it's not good for you. Like, it's... How do you know what's good for them? <laughs> right, right. Like, it's, it's kind of contradictory. Like, you're teaching your kid not to, like, you know, not to let anybody, t- like, tell them what to do, but then you tell them what to do. I mean, I know it's a little different but still it's like just let your kid choose their own life yeah because the thing is like also like you said fabio like sometimes also parents see themselves in their kids or try to like make their kids become them because they're like oh yeah this person is part of me so this is kind of like he or she's gonna turn out like me so like let me just like yeah. get them in the in the same path that I was when sometimes that's just not gonna work man like everybody is built differently everybody comes different if the kid wants to be a freaking, mm-hmm. a, 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 a freaking what is it, a juggler, a juggler for the circus, let him be it. You know what? What's yep. is their life? It's not yours. You're living your own already. Let them now become someone. Now with this, it's just like mm-hmm. with your own life. Just be happy. 
Yeah. Honestly, you only got one. So, like, why limit yourself or put yourself through all of that, like, trouble or to hear someone? Don't give a fuck. Like, the meaning of life is just to live it and just be happy as much as you can. Literally, like, the... The one thing that I love about religion after looking at it is like once you look past that face value and you start to look at what everybody talks about, like with forgiveness and love, like every single religion, it, it runs through every religion. Like even Satanism talks about forgiveness and love, like like a couple of things I'm going to read. These are from a couple of different. These are from different religions that I've studied, but like for the Quran. It probably, it says that it mentioned forgiveness about 100 to 200 times. It mentions mercy about 339 different times. And then if you look at like different wars with like the holy trinity of religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, it's like with the crusade specifically, when the Christians came in, they had raped and murdered and killed. But like everybody says that Islam is one of the worst religions, but at that time in the crusade, Salah Hadim, who was one of the rulers at the, I think he was the Sheik, he let the women and children that were Christian go. And he let the men that he had captured go. And it's like, there's such a big concept of mercy in that. But then like, you could bring it into Christianity. And obviously we can go to the classic line of, from Luke six thirty seven. he says, or no, I'm wrong. That's the wrong line. I had, I was reading wrong words, but like the one classic line that everybody remembers is, but I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn in the other also. That's a classic one. And then, like, you go into, like, Buddhism, and Buddha says, shame on the man that strikes you down, but shame on you if you strike them back. And then you go into Hinduism, and it says, he abused me, he beat me, he defeated me, he robbed me. In those who harbor such thoughts, hatred will never cease. And it goes, he abused me, he beat me, he defeated me, he robbed me. Those who dwell not upon such thoughts are freed of hate. Never does hatred cease by hating, but hatred ceases by love. This is the eternal dharma. And then, this is what Satanism has to say about it, which I was literally like, I cannot believe that this religion talks about this. The Satanist commits a wrong. He realizes that it is natural to make a mistake. And if he is truly sorry about what he has done, he will learn from it and take care not to do the same thing again. Never repeat the same things, you know? Like, Revenge isn't sweet. But yeah. In a way. In a way, yeah, no, because also that means that you're stuck in the past all the time. So if you're going for revenge, always. You got to learn again to forgive and, pat and get try to move on from there. You know, other, otherwise you just kind of like delaying your own growth and your own self too. I've seen people obsess over the past so much that it's like they they lose themselves there too mm-hmm. easily. You're stuck. You're not. You're not ever gonna get out. Yeah. You're not, not living. You're not in the present moment when, like, literally, it's just crazy. Like the the things that created us. If you follow the ancient astronaut theory with like the Anunnaki, it's like. Yeah, they did create us in the sense of, like, being a slave species. Like, because the word Adamu in Hebrew, it means first man, but Adamu in Sumerian means slave. So it's like, yeah, we might have been created as slaves, but the experiential catalyst that you see is people rising up and breaking free of that slavery. You know, when you look at Moses leading the Jews out of Egypt. You know, yeah, 
It is a wiener dog. It's Chihuahua. Oh, it's a Chihuahua. Oh, I'm dumb as shit. Chihuahua um, but... boxer. No, it's fine. He looks like long, <laughs> but he's a tiny, <laughs> tiny little guy. No, but the uh, the cool thing, actually, now that you have an animal up here, is now I'm going to break down some more of that density level stuff and then get back to the concept of experiential catalyst, is that animals and, like, they talk about trees are all these second density beings. See, first, the first density starts as elements. Before that, it's just uh, energy. And then it goes into elements like earth, wind, fire, and water. And then there's an awareness that starts to build up. So when that life cycle ends, you incarnate into an animal. And they actually, it was weird because they start talking about Bigfoot and law of one. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, because I love the Bigfoot <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. But then, they talk about the re like why I was saying that the reason why you don't see things, and this also has to play with like play with the uh, things having to do with mystery. Like you, like some things are meant to be left to mystery is because they're in different density fields. So like you couldn't interact with something like that because you wouldn't know how to communicate with it. Think about if an eight foot tall hairy fucking thing that cannot speak came up to you and was like, oh, you would fucking shit your pants. I would shit my pants. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and then like aliens, dude, like you don't, you couldn't like go up to an entity like Ra, which is a, an alleged sixth density and entity and be able to talk to them. You know what I mean? Because like, it's like people would be so terrified to see a real alien. And like, like I said, they would either, try and fight it or be scared or try to learn to take advantage of it. Well, that's the thing. It's like when humans find a valuable source of information that they know that, oh, this is the ultimate truth. And if anybody can, and you know, if, if he's, they start revealing it to the cloud, to the crowd, they're like, yeah, he's our leader. We got to follow him. He could exploit that because we like to get drunk in power, you know, because it feels good. In that sense, it feels good to like, to like command and all that. We don't like to be enslaved in a way, you know? And so like we, with that truth itself, you could control the masses. And it's like, this like, is what happens. That's how like cults are formed and shit. Yeah, you could deceive people. Yeah, so that's actually where we get back to experiential catalyst. So like the negative people as bad as they are, they technically aren't really that bad because they're helping people learn from their mistakes in your reality right. so it's like when you take someone now when i say this i am not disclosing that the holocaust was not a very bad thing but when you look at why those people were killed all right think about how powerful that made the faith of judaism you know what i mean like mm -hmm. just on the sole fact that they just sat there and prayed in their faith the experiential catalyst of six million people getting eradicated helped them learn how strong they really are. And that's not even the first time that the Jews have been enslaved. In Egyptian times, Jews were literally enslaved and they were not allowed to sit. Sitting was a luxury. They always had to stand. That's fucking wild. You see, but that's it. That is so true. I never looked at it like that. Like like that. It was also like a war. Mm -hmm for atheism like just to like try to like 
remove not remove to like like basically like fuck you like to like religion they basically renounce any sort of belief because it wasn't only just the jews like the gypsies and christians yeah oh yeah and but uh they like for like agnostic people and atheist people those are the i think those are a lot of people who like i need to see the proof and i literally get it because sometimes i sit here and i read this stuff and i'm like damn it would be cool to be sitting here like talking to an alien right now that has like two tails and maybe like three boobies or something like that maybe four sets of testicles but like that gets very very graphic and i don't really feel bad about it but like um it's just like sometimes you do have that doubt and it's okay but like um i don't know just some people really need to see proof but the one thing i like about this information like i said you guys really should read the law of one because it's really cool shit but um I'm definitely yeah. buying the book for that though. Seems interesting as heck for sure. They uh it's a five book series. I'm on book four right now actually. But um the uh I think each book in a sense they, they go into different things. Like the the first book has like a fifty page introduction and it um Damn. it talks about just uh why people need to realize that like you can't you can't like go into this thinking you're going to find the type of proof where you'll see it. You have to realize that like, this is still an alleged contact. You know what I mean? Cause you, the way human nature works is you have to physically see it. You know, that's why people have trouble with God. And then like, once you get into the stuff, it, it's crazy the way that they talk about things. And then, so book one is just pretty much an introduction on everything. Book two, which is where I read that quote from, it uh it talks about let me see because i don't remember it talks about like um energy transfers so like and specifically like sexual energy transfer so like it talks about why rape is so bad and it talks about why like sexual abuse is so bad because somebody who is raping somebody is physically taking energy from that person making them feel like they are nothing making them feel like they are garbage making them hurt and it's like that's why that's why people rape to gain power and it's truly horrible and that's one aspect it covers and then it also talks about you know the good side of sexual energy you know it talks about the way the different energy rays or chakras transfer with each other in both negative and positive and then it um it shows like one thing it also talks about is like the pyramids throughout the whole entire thing, but, um, and how they were used as a healing mechanism. But then book three talks about like psychic attack, which I thought was really interesting. And it really helped me like realize what anxiety is. So they talk about throughout the whole series that there are two types of extraterrestrial beings that really watch over planet earth. One being the Confederation of Planets, which is what Ra is from. And then the other being the Orion group. So, like, that's where, like, the Anunnaki and, like, Syrians come from and all basically, like, negative entities. So, if you really think about these beings are always watching us. And if we're able to manipulate our reality, I feel like beings of higher density, which are much more evolved and advanced than we are, are definitely capable of manipulating ours even though it is an infringement upon free will this orion group or the negative group 
will always look to infringe that because they're negative. So if you really think about it, anxiety is I mean, anxiety attack is a service to self because you start to go like this and you start to not look outside. You start to look in. You start to feel constricted like you're physically being constricted by a snake. You know what I mean? It's like this whole thing, it, uh, it really helps you learn how to cure your depression and anxiety if the meditation isn't working, if nothing that you've heard already isn't working. And like that's really what book two is about. And then book three... Oh, wait, no, that was book three. I'm dumb as shit. Book four is pretty cool because it talks about if you guys ever delve into the theory of like the tarot cards representing 22 archetypes that we are each playing through in a different incarnation. That's the book I'm on right now. But basically what that talks about is that, like I said, we are all living an identity of 22 different tarots that we all go through and then in the identity that we are you experience the 22 other archetypes both inward and outward whoa wait so then now like is there a way to kind of like influence and deviate those archetypes in a way or is it more like ingrained in you you're in a sense, based on what I've read, I'm only like 50 pages in, but it's talking about how like you can use each different archetype in a positive service to others path or a negative service to self path. Mm -hmm. But you still have the mindsets of each archetype in different situations. Like I'll pull it up real quick because it will help explain things better. Sure. They pull that seven of the archetypes are of the mind. Well, I see. And, okay. then, and then they have seven of the archetypes being of the body mm -hmm. and seven more being of the spirit. And then the last one is the choice, which is the fool. And if you really think about it, the choice being the fool tarot makes sense because any decision you make has some sort of judgment and that does affect your free will in a sense. So, you are a fool in a sense when you do make a judgment upon this person or make a judgment upon that person or either way you teeter your judgment scale. You're at some point going to imbalance yourself from that choice. And that's like the whole point of the game. You know what I mean? It's about the gamble. It's about the choice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I feel like also that, when you make the choice of doing certain things, you kind of like erase a part of you of like what could have been also too, you know? And then um, I also feel that because of your choices, it also ends up affecting the way that you start like facing this, the next the next outcome in, the, in a sense. The consequences. I guess you could say that, like the way, consequences. Everything wanted to go on the negative side, but like, like the, out, like the good outcome, like... Mm, I would say the outcome, but it's also because it all like depends on how it but, goes. But the thing is, like your choices is what makes like the end product of the lesson itself, or like mm -hmm. how you react towards like the end of it all. Whatever you choose is the right decision, no matter if you feel like you fucked up. Really, like mm -hmm. 
that choice that you made was planned for you to choose, even though you may, this is what will help you realize that like there is no right or wrong with decisions you make, even though it is a judging teeter. Right. But like you, you want let's say you wanted to go to college in Florida, but then instead of moving to Florida, you just stayed up here and you go, man, I fucked up on that opportunity, but you really didn't because you were never going to make that choice in the first place. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I mean, but yeah, because I mean, if you're not certain about it, you know, why even bother of like bringing it up or try or try to attempt to? And I uh, I want to bring up like we talked about this in the first episode, like how there's like there's like um like a timeline. Or oh, like a like a split timeline of yeah, things like, that. Well, that's where the deja vu, the deja vu converges because like, um, you have all this build up energy from past lives that. It takes just a tiny, th- a tiny second or anything to trigger that little like, oh, like a butterfly co- effect. Yeah, like a butterfly effect. That little convergence where everything just aligns, and you're like, "Whoa, I've already been here," or like already. Um, or like, oh, this feels right. Exactly. Like, oh, something's gonna happen, and I don't know what's, what it is. Well, it, gonna be bad. it's like a safe point, if anything. Like mm-hmm. it could be that also because I don't know, I don't know, Andy, where your sense of time is, but because of like. Because of us being incarnations and reincarnations of like different beings of different past lives, I think those deja vu's are kind of like maybe just glitches in a sense. Also, I want to bring up where he mentioned, oh, like he went to college but he didn't enjoy it. Or like, say, let me give another example. I want to give the same example from the first episode. Say, mm-hmm. like, you're searching for a job and you've been searching for months and you find this one job. And you're like, shit, like, you spent the job, like, what, four months? You're like, shit, I hate it. Like, I should have chosen, like, the other thing that was, like, below the one that I chose. It's just, like, if you go with that, you experience that timeline. Or if you go with the other one, you experience that timeline. It's, like, it's infinite. Hmm. But but things, like, for him, you know, because he did struck a very strong point, which was, like, no choice is right or wrong anyway. I know, I'm just, like, just, like, putting out, like my view and like timelines mm. and shit oh no yeah i mean like when it comes to timelines you might have made that decision in a past life and it may have brought you down a negative path and maybe even though you feel like you were like damn i should have took that you know mm-hmm. in the past life you might have took that position and then died on the job that you didn't take you know what i mean yeah so it really it's all about the perspective in a sense so like there isn't really a wrong way to think about it because you're always going to have that well what if i did this you know what i mean it's like what if i didn't didn't quit the last band i was in uh you know like what would have happened you know for me personally i think if i didn't leave the last band i was in i probably would have killed myself already that's how unhappy i was Mm -hmm. yeah no and the thing too is like because you're trying to stick to like what you think is true in everything you try to risk all of that just to get that goal, but then you realize that it's not, that is, it's like, just not it's it. It's comfortable because yeah. you're used to it. Yeah, literally. It's like um, the, the whole concept of risk, when you look at it, is actually kind of fun because you don't realize in some things how much you actually do risk. And it's those times when you risk the most and question everything about what you are and who you are and what's going to happen those are the times i think where you will learn how to define yourself the most you know but it's also like 
you end up after all the tribulations you end up finding um after after you go through all of that pain of like oh this didn't work out for me or like ah damn you know now now that i i left this project or like i finished this what's there for the for me to what do what else is left to do what else is left and there's the question like, what interest can i pick up or like will i ever pick up another interest or nope. will i just live life as a quote-unquote normal person the way they talk about it is like let's say you did make a wrong decision and i say that with quotation marks those situations if it didn't go the way that it was supposed to go if you consider it a wrong decision Mm -hmm. it's going to repeat that's why people will have the same negative situations but with different people because they're going to one day figure out how to do it the right way in a sense. You know what I mean? It's like, let's say somebody was talking shit on you mm-hmm. and the first four people that this has happened to in your experiences where they've talked shit on you, you fought them because you were that angry at them. Right. And then on the time you learn to be like, you know what, man, it doesn't even matter. And I forgive them. That would be your right decision in a sense. Mm. No, that you know, you know that's crazy. Well, you know, you always have people that try to deviate that from you, though. That always think that like I am, I always got the right answer for that. You know that that life shouldn't be always like this series of like uh, self righteousness and kindness all the time. That we all gotta suffer somehow too as well. In some sense. Oh yeah, you, you definitely have to. The people who are like yo. Quit that fucking self-righteousness. You're always so happy. Think that the people who are always happy are always happy. I'm definitely still having moments of, like, anxious times. They're not as bad as they used to be. But, like, I was telling my dad, like, he was putting together, like, a toy tractor for my niece. And, like, I was, he was like, fuck, I fucked it up. I was like, just chill. It's all good. He was like, hey, man, you can keep that woke shit going on. But, like it's okay to be angry sometimes. And I was like, no, I know that there's like definitely times where you're going to be angry. I still get angry. I think, uh, monks and the Dalai Lama still probably stub their toe and go, what the fuck? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like a clusterfuck for them. Or like, a, they just feel like, uh, it caught them by surprise too. Oh yeah. Like you, you have to like, you always got to remember that like not one person is perfect on this entire planet. Like even like, and like I've literally like, I have a, I don't know if you guys saw that rosebud hoodie and on the back it said, who says God was ever clean. Mm-hmm. This old dude in Walmart, like he was hooked up to a breathing apparatus on one of those riding buggy carts. Right. Like got up out of the thing and tried to fight me over it. And I was like, my man, like is there, don't have to take it that far and he was like well well god is perfect god is perfect i'm like you just have to take it in your perspective and you know the best part about those people is like once you approach them in a sense killing them with kindness they really can't say nothing to you because they'll just keep getting making themselves more mad when you keep going namaste in a sense and they keep going well go fuck yourself and it's like what like (laughs) like damn like it's a, it's the build up like energy man like these guys don't know how to like handle themselves too no self control I've also viewed like all oh, like saints are sinners too mm. seriously it's like it's like you don't think Jesus ever wants like 
had a negative thought. They actually, actually, they talk about Jesus first discovering that his incarnation and his incarnation as Jesus through the fact that when he was like five years old, a playmate made him mad and he pushed him barely. And when he pushed him, he fatally wounded the person. And like, that's that moment where he realized, oh, like, I can't harm people. I only need to show love. So that's like the experiential catalyst playing a big role in that identity's life. But like, once you, once you have the catalyst to push you and in a sense, like I said, like turn on like a light bulb, turn you on like a light bulb, mm-hmm. it'll come. It's just not going to be the same for everybody. But you, like people can't sit there and say that every, like not like that there are perfect people on this planet. Cause there aren't. Yeah. Well, that, there's perfect people for everybody. Like, because perfection is, is such in that there uh, can vary from everybody's perspective, but like, you could always have that one someone that you're like, yeah, this person is perfect for me or perfect for like, you know, my circle because you understand who they are, how they are, and they complement your life as well too. You know? No, yeah, like mm-hmm. the people who are there in your life that are the ones that are going to help you the most are the ones who keep it real with you. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when we were talking about criticism earlier, like, when you have friends who are seeing you fuck up and they're telling you, Hey, you're being a fucking dickhead. You're probably going to respond with fuck you first, but then you'll think about it and go, Oh, that was the person who was really out there for me. See, nobody realizes that your real friends are the ones who are going to sit there and check your shit. Like my wife, my wife is the one who really got me on track at the end of the day. She was the only person when I pushed people away pushed every single person away. Even her who said, hey, you're being a fucking asshole. Get your shit the fuck together. Yeah, exactly. Like, the people also don't appreciate, like, how much can you sacrifice for them as well, too. And it's not because you expect something in return. But it's like, my dude, you're, you're, such a, you're such an asshole that you don't see also how much they're trying to put up with you, how many fires they're trying to, like, withstand for you, you know? And you're just not trying to do better. That's just shame right there, you know? You're just wasting away. Oh, yeah, it always it always hurts because that is some a, a type of rejection when you kind of give out to people who won't give out to you the same level. You know, that is a form of rejection, and mm-hmm. it does hurt. It really does hurt. Yeah, it does, but... It's also because you have to you have to learn when to let go. As much as it sucks to cut off people of your life, you have to understand that it's for the better. It's like cutting weeds of your garden. Oh, literally, it's like it's like um, a lot of people say detachment is such a negative thing, mm-hmm. but it's really not because if you're detaching away from people who are only doing negative things, from people who will not help you learn from people who are like constantly just not helping you in the right ways, then you're never going to learn how to spiritually awaken yourself up. You have to surround yourself by the right people. Yeah. Cause it's also like, if you stay in in that toxic environment with the other person, trying to save that, you know, friendship or relationship that you think that it has potential, you might just be wasting yourself away and then end up self-destructing yourself because you're like, oh, this can't work. And we as humans can obsess over something that we know we can do, 
but also are failing at it. You know, you ever seen people that just get stuck into something and it becomes just too toxic for them, but they, but they won't let go because they're so obsessed to obtaining it. You know. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's like um, people and like those people, like they're not ready when they are constantly stuck in the oh I've tried this and it doesn't work and yeah it might work for you but that doesn't work for me because you're not ready for it. You still have more lessons to learn before you can actually sit there and wake up. You know what I mean? Yeah. More energy mm-hmm. before you get up and you have to gain before you flip on the light switch. Yeah. And the thing too is like you have to sometimes sit down and then start start understanding like how your behavior is affecting your surroundings too because a lot of people also are so caught up into themselves that they don't see that whatever they say or do can have an impact on someone else too. Back again to the beginning where we were saying that being kind goes a long way. It's like a ripple effect for everybody else too. You know, you have, oh, yeah. you have to check others too as well. Like, hey man, like you're kind of being a, a, an asshole right now. Like, what's up? Let's talk about it. Sometimes they don't have anybody to talk to so they turn into being like a bunch of a-holes but and they bottle up so much so yeah exactly they don't have an outlet to let go so sometimes religion teaches you how to channel all that energy out into something positive or how to deal with that too because a lot of people have repressed energy and anger inside that they don't know how to process oh yeah like i mean when you when you see someone so angry you should really look at them more in the sense of why are they acting like that instead of looking at them like, wow, they're just a fucking dick. Like, um, there's like, like I said, you see those people, like I work at a place where we just distribute shoes all day and you see people getting so stressed out of our shoes. I look at them like, Hey, I know you're having a bad day, mm-hmm. but do you ever think about the fact that you're getting mad at shoes? You'll either get a, I never thought about that or a, yeah, whatever, or go fuck yourself. I'm okay with all three answers, but at one point, they'll think about that. Yeah. And if I go their head, they're like, oh, wow, what if it's true? You know, they, they never like to agree with the other person, too, because people think that they always have the right answer to everything. Stubborn. Or stubborn. They, they don't like their beliefs to be questioned. You know, they think that everything they hold is true, and that's it. And that all stems from the ego. You know, like, your your brain is telling you, well, what do they know? They they don't know as much as me. They're, I'm I'm right because I said it. You know, that's all. All that shit is just constantly be in the back of your head. You know what I mean? Like you know, all this shit could be false, and we could die tomorrow, and we could just be a void, and this could be the only life we have. But that doesn't teach you anything when you sit there and dwell and mm-hmm. not live in the present moment. Yeah, and yeah, everyone just wants to be right, not wrong. They don't want to take the L. They don't want to. They don't want to also be shown that they're wrong. Like nobody likes to admit, "Oh yeah, you were right," or like I was wrong. Because you, you, you want to be able to like say, "Yes, I am the one who had the truth all along," or like I was right all along. It's like it's like an it's like a. a, a how are you gonna learn? Yeah, I mean that's the thing too. How, how, how do you learn? How do you learn? How would you learn? Well, the Life hard is all way. About learning. Yeah, but that's the thing. That's where life throws you all these tribulations that already were premeditated, you know, for you to actually understand what the hell are you doing here, you know. So no. And I guess the difficulty varies from person to person depending how they um, move through the cycle over here. Oh, yeah, and, like, that's why, that's why some people have such a hard time because they don't sit back and just say, like, 
Like, why is this happening? Why is this person doing this? It's just like, it's like I kind of watch and I don't laugh in a sense of making fun of somebody. I'm kind of laughing with that person because, like, I've been through that shit. Like, because I, like, I got bullied every single day that I went to school from a small kid to graduating school. Everybody called me a faggot. Everybody told me to kill myself. Everybody told me I sucked at everything. I was called fat, dumb, and retarded until literally the day I graduated. And like, I just, I remember reconnecting with another kid that I went to school with at the place I work at now. And he was like, you know what I always realized about you is like, everybody constantly, constantly came at you. And there were days where you were miserable. And I was like, well, at one point, I just realized I have to, I have to be of some higher sense in the sense of I didn't respond back to all those times because those kids would say what they wanted to me and I would shrug it off and yeah, it would hurt my feelings and I'd come home crying almost every single day. But I'd always found um, great, I felt grateful that I had never really reacted that much in the sense of physically going after someone or just verbally coming back at people, you know, it just, um, I'm very grateful for the self-discipline that I've always had in the sense of they take, it takes a lot to get me to like really fucking get to a point where I'm going to end up punching you in the face. The only time I've ever done that is when like it had gotten really bad with bullying or the one time this kid like threatened my brother. But like, other than that, I've never really reacted and kids thought that I was a pussy for doing that. But it was like, like if you react to every single thing that you, that negative things are bringing to you, you're never going to be happy. That's the whole point is like the self-discipline. Like you have to learn that self-discipline in a sense, but only when you are ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is like a lot of people don't have that mental capacity to like build that discipline or like that straight line that says, yeah, you got to keep in check with yourself or like, Hey, don't stray away from this path. It's easy for them to also fall into that. But how would you, what would you say to someone who's like struggling with staying, like say disciplined? Like how would you, how would they start building that discipline? I would say, think about the analogy of like the race with the tortoise and the hare. Who really wins the race? The tortoise, because they went at their own pace. You can't force yourself to be better if you are truly not ready. It's so easy to go, yeah, I forgive you, but not mean it. It's so easy to go, I love you, but don't mean it. I hate you, but, like, you really don't hate that person. Or, like I said, like, that's why you can't rush this. You can't rush self-healing. You can't rush the journey to your spiritual awakening. Because if you did, then it wouldn't be as helpful as it would be when you don't rush it. Another thing I want to bring up, it's, um, say, like, you come to a situation where you should be mad, but you're, you're mad, but you don't really, like, what's the word, like, show that emotion, but you're, like, I'm mad, but, like, you're, like, controlling it in a way, like, you're just, like, there'll be a, an outcome that will be, like, like, it'll be solved either way, like, I sh- really shouldn't be that mad, but I'm mad, but I'm not really that mad about it, if you know what I'm trying to say. kind of like where you're talking about more like having a lot more optimism because you're thinking of higher goals rather than being stuck in that moment exactly there we go (laughs) yeah so it's like um 
I there was one point where I was in like eleventh. I think no, no, no. I think it was like eleventh grade. Like um, around my birthday, I was. You know, I obviously am getting bullied the whole nine yards in school, and like. I th- honestly, I think it might have been 10th grade. I don't remember. But, uh, like, the first girl I had ever really, like, fallen in love with, like, broke up with me. And then, like, a couple of days later, somebody in my family had physically abused another person in my family. And um, it was, like, around the time of my birthday. And about three days after that all happened, the person who was abused told me to get over it. And, you know, like, it was, like, so crushing to me and at those really bad times like i had physically like i was about to walk in front of my school bus that's how bad it was like had gotten but then i stopped myself and that was a even though that wasn't the worst point in my life i just remember that like i told myself for five months straight because for every day for five months i wanted to kill myself and i just said negative things i was like you know what one day i'm gonna wake up and this will be gone it's actually kind of like Right when that perennial EP by Sabella came out, because, like, it was um, the line where it was, like, when I gained the strength to walk on broken bones. I remember hearing that, and I was like, that's what I'm going through right now, is that you have to learn how to walk on your broken bones before you can get up to heal them. Mm -hmm. Damn, that is deep, though. You know what it is, too, is because, like, you have to be able to walk through all that pain, to understand also like how strong your character is to you gotta shape yourself a little bit oh yeah it's like you if you don't know who you are and what your identity is your true identity you know it's like not not in the sense of your spiritual self but like your inside here like inside your chest like what you really are and what you're about and stuff it's like you're never you're never gonna know how to solve your problems yeah exactly because it's like facing yourself you know, or your broken self in a way that the one that is like causing all this agony or like all this negativity is out of you. Oh yeah. And it's like, um, they call it, they kind of talk about how every movie and every television show represents, um, the, the archetype journey, the hero's journey. You know, there's a book called the hero with like a thousand faces or something like that. And they bring up the point of the movie alien mm-hmm. where like, not and just specifically in that movie you have to the main character will face a shadow self and every other character in the movie story-wise on the hero's journey is actually a projection of that person and it relates to real life because you have to face your shadow self at one point when you're at your lowest and with the movie alien they show a really good perception of that because when sigourney weaver's character doesn't open the door when the face hugger is attacking them it's a service to self-decision and it's very um detrimental because when she finally lets them in that's when the alien gets out and kills everybody in the shit and then when she faces her shadow self is when she finally in a way sacrifices her own safety by getting in that robot and defending the little girl and the cat you know what i mean from the big queen alien that is the shadow self when you get up in your robot if you will and you fight that big alien which is supposed to represent you you learn how to mm-hmm. overcome that part of you and become stronger because of it it's like a boost if anything but yeah i know you you have to build your strength because like how else will you be able to sustain your life and also continue with this like 
journey that is gonna lead you to this ultimate transcendence. So like, what's um. your stance? Like, are you like, like, what's your religion, or are you like more spiritual in a way? Um, yeah, I'm definitely more spiritual after all this. You know, I've actually, I haven't started the journey on shamanism, but that is something I'm gonna be picking up actually to become a licensed shaman and uh, learn how to help other people besides like the other things that I want to do with my life. You know, if, um, if like I was to do something in music and it went really well, that would be really cool. But I think I would use that money to fund a uh, religious center to help people in a sense, learn that all the religions really are connected that way that could help stop the stigma of hate behind religions you know like there obviously are bad things like that stuff about molesting children is re it's really in the bible and it's really in the quran and stuff like that you know i i haven't fully read the quran based on stuff i've seen but like you know i'm not gonna judge a book that i haven't read fully you know it's like the same thing about judging a book before you judging the cover before you read it it's like uh, you have to actually educate yourself on that stuff. You know, the, the broad statements of molesting children, they might be in there, but it's like, what exactly caused that to be in there? Was it really the prophet saying it or was it really people writing the book going, Hey, we'd like to molest children. Let's put it in there and make people think that's okay. Yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. well then do you, do you think that because you're like, and you're not tied to a specific religion you have more of like a freedom where you could draw from each energy energy not using that but it's also like because most religions boil down to like one thing despite of like all the fucked up things that they do do most of the time because they do have like certain things where it's like okay why the fuck are we sacrificing people why are we molesting children this and that but do you think that each religion has something to offer towards you like a, like a say like more knowledge or like certain things that you're like yeah i could pick out pick buddhism i could pick like their teaching on like how to be patient and then i could i could get something from the bible but it's like be kind and right and righteous from there too oh 100 percent. like the more like knowledge being power is really like a thing that i live by now like there's there's so many things that i've learned that I didn't think I was ever going to learn about the human mind just based on like, like the Bible, let alone, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just like, there's so many cool things from each of the religions that I really like that you could technically make one book if you were to do that. You know, obviously people would probably think you were part of a tinfoil hat cult or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Different shit, but it's like, um, once you look at it outside of the perspective of what bounds that religion together, the only thing that's stopping it is the imagination in the sense, like your mind is going to make those opinions and your mind is going to make that belief system at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is true, actually. Yeah, you know, you kind of build like a little journal of like things that you're like, yeah, like a pick and choose and then you customize it towards like what your life is and like what your head is at in a way and remember perfection is all in yeah is an illusion it is an illusion it's just it's, it's, you know so, uh, standards that we set ourselves too high for 
come on guys let's not be too hard on each other like that <laughs> that's the thing about like the, the the catalyst that is in this society now i firmly believe is the realization that life cannot be as plastic as people make it out to be i think that is the lesson that is to be learned from the 21st century i think the materialism that is in front of us every single day specifically money and stuff is going to help you realize at one point that you really don't need any of it i met i met this woman who literally spent a year of her life out in the woods homeless just because she wanted to and it was like the coolest fucking stories I've ever heard. Like just really being out there in nature, just like living, not worrying about what's on the news, not worrying about that text message you wish you were going to see, not worrying about this or that or anything in the fucking world. Just like you're worrying about the things that are most important, eating, sleeping and living. Yes. Like it's you deprive like, yourself from that so much. Like the native americans and the other like tribes did they just lived throughout nature they didn't really have all these like unnecessary stress yeah they didn't, they didn't have like all these extra added like thoughts or process you just kind of just like Andy says you just got to live in the present and, like, they had visions and like oh they like told tales and like mm-hmm. just for you to like learn lessons they had they had become, history like stronger as a person yeah because the thing is they they had they had a will to live they had also um their priorities set straight and then eventually all these adventures that they had served us lessons like hey you know that one time we all got hungry this is the solution that we all came up for you know after all this extra hard work and that's what started building them into characters and like these strong people that like led communities and everything else from there oh that's survival it's not really survival it's just like the way the way the life is the way that the world works if you don't work or do this and that you know you're bound to go down into a spiral ha shame spiral no pun intended but then like uh, repressed so it was like multiple name drops (laughs) yeah no and the thing is like um because you get lost in that spiral you kind of just like find you kind of find yourself that you're like what am i doing here you know you you kind of lose yourself in that sense yeah and it goes back to like again like these fucking colonizers came in and just like took everything from that and because they, they wanted to create a norm or something of oh, like that they like want to press their own religion their own beliefs and like their own systems and like this is what how it is, this is what it should be making everything just unitarian just oh, one single thing you're one with nature nah no holistic medicine shit no we want to poison you we straying away from the actual reality of what it was beforehand. Psychedelics? Nope. Don't take that. No, no, that too either. No, but it, it it's man. It's all man trying to Control. play God in a way too. Oh yeah, but in the other sense of that, it also is an experiential catalyst to help people grow stronger. Because if you really think about it, those people who still follow Native American traditions and stuff those are strongly like foundationed into those people. Oh, yeah. Like that doesn't go away. That's like what I was saying with like Judaism as a whole, like Judaism as a whole is so powerful. And just think about the way that like black people have been oppressed their whole entire lives and stuff like that. Like things like that, like all that stuff is going to make them stronger at the end of the day, because like, 
it's going to show them that no matter what people do and tell them what they are and, and get this fake ideology that is supposed to make them think this and think that and think this and think that at the end of the day, you are going to learn how to grow stronger because those people can never bring you down. You know what I mean? The people who follow racist ideals, the people who follow that higher. Damn it. The audio cut off. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Andy. I can't hear you. Hold on, Andy. No. Wait. Wait. Whoa. Oh, he froze. He froze. Damn it. Those people are going to rise up. Um, the, the audio cut off again. Fuck, what was he saying? You you kind of cut off a little bit in the beginning. Ideology. No, he was going to... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Basically, it's like no matter how many times like people have been oppressed and stuff, they're always going to rise up above that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, there we go. Yeah, no, that is true because the thing is also is that... Um, well, this is something that I learned is that when you limit human beings... You, you end up like kind of making them a little stronger in a way because now they have less distractions to work with. Now, to ground this into the whole like oppression thing, it's that when you have a group of people on their one hand, on the one tyranny, right? You have this little community that agrees on the same subject of like, yo, this is not fair and therefore becomes a single cell movement and becomes such a, a strong force that it may end up being like a, a cultural thing or like a catalyst, like you say, where like now they're, they're stronger will people and now they could persevere and go through harder situations without being phased out about it compared to other 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 humans that might not might have never experienced that and then they're not able to sustain the same pressure. Oh, they don't see it. Exactly. Like even that too. But it's because they choose to ignore it because sometimes people are afraid of the truth. They like to stay in their bubbles. Oh, 100%. Like, people, like, if you really look back at the civil rights movement, that was such a strong movement because it put people up yes. in such a way. And even though we are still struggling with those problems today, and some people don't want to believe that, mm-hmm. like, at the end of the day, this stuff that's going on is going to help push up people of color to a much higher level. You know what I mean? It's going to help everybody. Because there's a type of selfless love that you can give to these people by sacrificing your own safety and sacrificing your own worth by showing people that you are going to stick up and stand up for what you believe in at the end of the day. You know what I mean? That's yeah. why Martin Luther King said a riot is the voice of the unheard because it's like, if you don't hear me the first time I'm saying, Hey, this is a problem. And then you go, nah, nah, this ain't that big of a problem. Then you throw a rock at them or something. You go, do you hear me now? And they go, no, it's not that big of a problem. Then you start throwing more rocks and you go, do you hear me now? And they still don't hear you. And then you flip a car and you burn a city down you go, did you hear me now? And they go, yeah, we heard you now. (laughs) After so long too, as well, because they're stubborn. People don't want to sit there and look at the things that are hardest to look at. You know, they get uncomfortable looking at topics like racism and oppression and transphobia and homophobia and xenophobia. They want to ignore it and say, 
oh, it's not that bad, it's not that bad. And then when people talk about it, they go, oh, well, that's that's dividing rather than unifying. And it's like, it's not. It's actually unifying the people when you bring up things that need to be changed. Yeah, and the thing is, they try to question it because it's something that that questions their belief as well, too. But I'm like, my dude, you probably are wrong the way that you were brought up or the way that you're thinking. They were taught that hate, unfortunately. Of course, programmed into themselves like that from childhood. But it's like, people have to be... uh, susceptible to change you can't stay the same forever something always changes within you that makes you think and shift all the time every um every seven years there's a there's a theory that every seven years you kind of go through each chakra so like the the bottom chakra i have the list of them but the bottom chakra is like your first seven years like zero to seven is your root chakra. So you're learning how to survive your basic needs as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then you get up to the sacral chakra, which is like the chakra by like your sexual organs. This is where puberty starts from like zero to seven to 14. This is where puberty starts. This is where all your changes start. Then you get into your solar plex. Mm-hmm. This is where you go from 14 to 21. So you're really starting to get some wisdom. And then you're going to go from 21 to 28 and then this is the heart chakra this is where people get married have kids this is where they start to really figure things out and then like you go to the third chakra you know this is when you start to educate yourself and communicate and learn how to talk and learn how to be who you are and then you get up to your next one which is the third eye and then this is where you learn how to connect with your inner self truly you know and then after that is when you get to your crown chakra and then this is where old age comes if you ever notice how wise most old people are they know so much because they've been through the catalyst they've been through the experience and they now have the purpose yeah exactly they have the purpose no it is true i mean like that damn because because it's also you go through phases of life that shape you later on you know things that happen in that circle that you're like formative years yeah the cycles those are your four hundred yeah. years. And if you don't learn it in the first cycle, it's always going to come back on the next one. Yeah, exactly, too. Wow. You know, the, all the experiences amount. You know, it's like oh, a full circle. Correlates, no ties together. But, man, we can go on and on with this shit, man. This was really fun. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. Dude, we got to make a part two. I Andy, mean, you, you're such... This is such a great thing, actually. Yeah, I like... Oh, yeah. I, I, I want to keep I want to keep picking your brain about this because this this was actually like very deep. It can be this. Or mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Wait, no, all the stuff. Oh, just like all the stuff we've talked about is <laughs> tip of the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg, and his audio is not working right now. God damn it! <sighs> wait, is it's coming wait, in? Can we go back? No, wait. It should be coming Eddie. in. Damn, he's speaking. We don't even know what he's saying. No, he probably he's probably on mute again. I think I'm there we go, I'm back. There All you right, go. Word. What are you saying? Oh, uh, it's just that um I don't know if you heard me, but I just said everything that I've talked about is is literally like I said like the hangnail of your Damn it. I'm so sad. Ah. <laughs> uh... Oh no! Wait, Andy, you cut off again. Cut off again, bro. It's like that is damn. There, David and Edgar Casey. 
those are two people you got to look up and then like the law of one material um you were saying how like what you were talking about was like the nail because you, your your audio um, caught off again <laughs> my is, i think my internet is pooping out on me but basically it's like this is the stuff i've talked about already this is literally nothing compared to how much is actually known like just in the sense of like what people have spent their whole entire lives studying on this stuff yeah it's like what i, what I think i know is still probably point zero 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 one percent of what really is to be discovered, okay, and that's the whole picture. That's the beauty of this whole entire it's thing. A mystery, man. It's a mystery to uncover. Question a, everything. But that's the thing. That's a that, that's your that's the personal journey is discovering what's out there and then making sense of it all to attach it to your own Having existence. Your own theories and like see if people actually can relate or think the same way. Yeah, you find the little communities like that too. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, you need to gotta look up David Wilcock and Edgar Casey. Edgar Casey's really cool because he did twenty five thousand past life regressions and like church. But he died from doing the work, but because he worked himself to death basically. But like, he's got books written about him. Like, I still have to pick him up. You know what I mean? Like, but David Wilcock, he actually there's a documentary he just put on Hulu that you really got to watch. If I figure out the name, I'll send you guys a message, but um, absolutely. I would love to come back and do another one. You know what I mean? This was really fun. Dude, we definitely have to, I mean, yeah. like you said, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And also too, Maybe. because it gives me time to like research into the law of one and actually question more about it too. Oh yeah. Plus we didn't even talk about Atlantis or nothing. And that's a whole nother part of it. Dude, Mesopotamia, oh, all of these first civilizations. civilizations Shit. This is what oh, yeah. the great flood. We didn't mention that. The great flood. Oh, that's, that's what the book of Enoch talks about. Yeah. It's talk about like all these, uh, Nephilims and Nephilims. Let's already. save this for the other episode. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're going to keep going in the tinfoil hat and get lost. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Thanks again, y'all, for taking time out of your night to like talk about some crazy shit. Yeah, thank you, Andy, for coming in. This was amazing. I like this episode so much. Of course, yeah, I definitely want to do this again. And to people who are listening, just like go with the flow and just be who you are. Don't let anybody else tell you that you're not doing the right thing because you are perfect the way you are. Absolutely, and as always, live in the present. Learn to let yes. go. <laughs> Yo, Fabio, you still there, bro? Fabio, Fabio is. In yeah, I'm here. Está <laughs> embaraz. Embaraz. Every, every, everybody that listens to this podcast know how this shit goes. We, we, you know. <laughs> we process. We process. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's been another episode. Of but yeah, um. Mm -hmm. Shit. <laughs> huh? No, what are you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say, like, even though I didn't talk a lot, like, I was, I was listening the whole time, and like. I really do want Andy to like uh, come on the podcast again because I, I know for a fact that he did not even say half of the things he needed to say because <laughs> I because I know him. So yeah, come soon, bro. Really. Yeah, I'll get I'll get my friend Jaleel to come too because he's very he's a lot more into the conspiracy theory stuff and uh, it would be a lot more towards the tinfoil hat stuff and he starts talking about the little and shit. He's the one who sent me that video of like. Clinton laying an egg and shit, and I was like, "This shit is fucking crazy." <laughs> Pizza game yeah, shit. Pizza <laughs> shit. wild. 
Dude, ah, fucking, what bothers me? I need to talk about the fucking Hunter Biden laptop the last episode we did. Don't worry about I'll it. I'll mention that again, too. Yeah, no, we gotta make time. this a part two, though. I wanna keep going. I wanna hit that book of Enoch and Dead Sea Scrolls, like, ASAP. I wanna know about this shit. Yes. I need research this shit, too. <laughs> no, don't worry. It's, uh, it's a lot of research, but it's it's interesting shit. You know? It's all worth it. Alright, y'all, this has been another episode of Loose Tongue Podcast. You know me. He sues. Victor. Yes, sir. Fabio. Yes, sir. <laughs> and Andy, oh, thank you again. This is awesome. Of course. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. All right, yo, loose tongue out. Peace.